Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Welcome back, everyone. Glad to be back after a long hiatus. This is the Elder Scrolls gameplay and news podcast from Arena 2 Skyrim and Elder Scrolls Online. We are a Quest Gaming Network production available for download on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, and QuestGamingNetwork.com. This is Elder Scrolls Off the Record. And today's record date is Sundas, the 11th of Frostfall. My favorite month. Oh, yes, Frostfall. I'm Avarwin, your host, fellow Tamriel Traveler, and the Narcoleptic Tank. <laughs> and, of course, of course, Liz writes that in. Which Wasn't is, my idea, it was Holy Diver. Was it really? Uh-huh. <laughs> and she is a healer. And a lady. She'll kind of make it go crazy. Liz, Mistress Lebo. Voila. I've got the cold going, you know, still in my system, so I can do the real low. I didn't know you had a cold. No, so so the coughing during all the the team speak. Yeah. Didn't. Okay. No, no I I no. Hopefully it's not the hot and flu. Oof. Oh, terrible lore joke. Hey 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 hey, you are one. Uh huh. Happy birthday. Oh God. To you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, yes, my birthday did did pass, and thank you very much, everyone who uh, generously uh, tweeted at me, sent me messages on on Facebook and Skype and in the guild and email. Like, thank you so much. You guys are wonderful. I really like pictures. Yeah, it was great. Um, but enough about me. Come on, there's Rob right over there. Rob is the only only needs one bullet because it knows to get itself back in the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> not not quite sure what that means, but I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> sounds, sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing good. I'm a, I'm I'm a little tired today, but uh, but we're uh, we're we're here. Me, myself, and I. We are. <laughs> we are. We've got uh, we've got a guest here as well. Uh, before we we introduce uh, good old good old Zephin, we've got Mike, like Sands in the Hourglass. So is our Tamrielic historian. Would you care for a jelly baby? <laughs> I love the setup. <laughs> for uh, podcast listeners, our Tamrelic historian over there is dressed up in his best fourth doctor garb. Yep, I'm getting my stuff in for Halloween this year because it falls on a Saturday. Nice. So. Oh, God. You're looking pretty good over there. <laughs> hey, I got a nine-year-old. I got to take her trick-or-treating, so Daddy has Aww. to uh, dress up, too. Uh-huh. Now, what is what is she going to be dressing up as? So, she is going as Mel from the Descendants movie, uh, Maleficent's Daughter. Okay. And uh, for those that uh, realize, 
and are old enough to remember the Cabbage Patch craze or the Tickle Me Elmo craze. <laughs> yes. Uh, there are some evil, evil people out there because the average Mel costume is ranging in the $500 range now Ooh, for a wow. chinzy Walmart costume. So we are building a costume. God, I don't blame you. Good for you. Did you knit yeah. that, that scarf? No, that scarf is an eBay scarf. Oh, oh, I knitted my own. Yeah, well, you know, I kept hinting at you, you know, and you're like, oh, I knitted my own, I knitted my own. I kept hinting, and you're like, whatever. <laughs> uh, and, and let's just not be rude. Our, our wonderful, our special, an honored guest, a man who could make an entire D&D campaign from Marwin Starline, Zephin, the champion of Elsewhere. Hey, guys. Hello, chat room. Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. So, so Zephin is a uh, great member of our ESOTR guild community, and um, you know he he and I uh, we get to to talking every now and again, and uh, in uh, in quite a while, I've I've learned quite a bit from from Zephin, and uh, we were we were uh, he's got a lot of a lot of thoughts on Orsinium. Um, he's been playing quite a bit. Um, and just in the game in general, like you know, Zephan, I know you're you're helping me out trying to build my uh, my tank set. That's that's one thing that that we're doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so anyway, uh, we asked him to uh, come on the show today to grace us with his presence because he can only make it better. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, so so there it is, and of course, uh, hello to our our wonderful chat room. Thanks for for coming out, guys, on on this Sunday evening. Um, we are sponsored. We are sponsored, but by our our perk your ears up, guys. Our wonderful, brand new Patreon supporters. We'll get to that in just a few seconds. Uh, such as such as the the wonderful people who just uh, who patroned us recently. Uh, Zephan, there it is. There, hello. Hey, hello. Who, who abs- <laughs> absolutely did not pay for his spot on the show today? By, by <laughs> I, I know it like. Looks terrible, but anyway, there it is. <laughs> uh, also, weird Nathan Gregory. What's that? It's a weird coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, Zephan, Nathan Gregory, Yusuf, Aktib, Joanna, Wicked Wolf, Jeff Jones, Sabrina DeSouza, Vicky, Gump's Gang, and Jay Flynn, all our Patreon supporters and our uh, Dovahkeens who can find themselves on questgamingnetwork.com's Dovahkeen wall also we want to thank our uh additional sponsors tweaked audio tweakedaudio.com uh great headphones with free worldwide shipping 30 percent off with our code off the record at tweakedaudio.com and of course by audible audibletrial.com slash quest gaming network is the link you're going to need in order to download a free audiobook today at audible a-u-d-i-b-l-e trial.com slash quest gaming network as well as Josh McMurdy, Patrick Oxley, and Jennifer Coating. Thank you so much as well. And our I, our five-star iTunes shout-outs, Odd God and Bubblehead650. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, everyone, one and all, for offering your support, both financial and non-financial, to the network today. Uh, Rob, what are we talking about, man? 
We were talking about the Elder Scrolls, um, in, in case you thought that this might have been Fallout off the record. Um, but uh, we're going to be discussing Elder Scrolls Online, uh, big topics with uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, but we also have some Skyrim gameplay as well. Our discussion topics include the announcement of Orsinium, the next downloadable content for Elder Scrolls Online. Wow, it got here fast. Mm. Um, also, the Witches Festival comes to the ESO Crown Store, and our thoughts on that. Our Tamriel's, uh, Tamriel's Rumors, uh, watching Fallout 4, um, possibilities that uh, the game might bring uh, some features that bleed over into Elder Scrolls 6. Uh, plus, we have a crafting table, a Rage of the Week in here at a random moment of my choosing, and your emails, plus we actually do have a massive guild update for everybody so stick around ah uh, yes uh now now before before we move forward uh we do have something quick to mention uh and before we actually get into what's on the notes that's that's quick to mention um i do want to mention the fact that obviously we have a patreon um we've got a lot of a lot of great rewards there you can find it at uh patreon.com slash quest gaming network now i'm not going to make a bid here for you folks to just sign up what i am going to say is this is one more way that that people can support Quest Gaming Network as a whole. Um, now we've got we've got a uh, a supporting QGN tab on our website questgamingnetwork.com. Certainly, a link to our Patreon can be found there, as well as to our PayPal if you wish to donate. Those are ways in which you can donate. Uh, you can set up a recurring uh, contribution financially on Patreon or one-time contribution via PayPal. But I also want to reiterate that. Um, non-financial support is tremendous for us. All right. And, and I, I see some people in the chat room saying like, you know, I wish I could support you guys. It's just not my budget. And that's cool. I'll tell you what, non-financial support is just as important, if not more so. Uh, here's how you can do it. You can either share us on your social media networks like Twitter, Facebook, Google plus, etc. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, here at QGN, you can send your favorite show an email about a topic recently discussed, you know, emails are a huge source of our content. So listener feedback certainly goes a long way. It helps us produce a better show, your emails. Uh, also, Hey, you know what? Register on our website, you know, provide feedback on our forums, play our games, join in the team speak channel. These are all ways that, you know, you can support us both financially. Yes, but non-financially as well. Getting involved. It really is. Um, You'd be surprised at exactly how important it really is to us. Uh, so there's a link to that in the chat room, uh, our supporting QGN tab. Uh, so if uh, go ahead, guys, uh, send us an email or whatnot. Uh, there it is. Anyway, not to belabor a point, uh, Mike, what do we have that is quick to mention? So next episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a do not miss episode. As we will be having the creators of the newly released ambitious Skyrim mod that's got everyone talking. The Forgotten City. It'll be an episode dedicated to the discussion and gameplay of this mod featuring the music from the original soundtrack. If you have questions for its creators, send them to Elder Scrolls Off the Record at gmail.com and we'll ask them on air. So we're going to have uh, some creators here next week. Oh, yes. Uh, looking forward to that. You know, these folks, they reached out to us saying, uh, hey, you know, uh, would it be possible for you to at least, you know, take a look, maybe do a review? 
Um, I said, yeah, you know what? I would, I would love it if you could just come on the show. So they, they jumped at the chance and I appreciate, uh, both their enthusiasm and reaching out. Uh, it's going to be an, an excellent show. We're going to try and dedicate the entire episode to, uh, to the mod, to Skyrim, to them. Uh, you'll be listening to the music as well during uh, the podcast version of it. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a different show, but I think it's going to be a fantastic one. Definitely one to not miss out on. Uh, Rob, we've got a couple of more things before we roll into our Orsinium discussion. That is correct, sir. We've been contacted by many of our listeners regarding uh, Elder Scrolls Online or ESO Plus members' crowns not showing up in the crown store balance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we contacted ZeniMax Online about the issue, and uh, we do have on good authority that customer service can provide a temporary solution. What you need to do is email ESO underscore help at helpmail.elderscrollsonline.com. Also, you can submit a ticket via the in-game menu on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and on PC uh, or Mac by typing slash help. Um, also, don't forget to tune in Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern for a, another wacky crazy episode of dancing with daggers that's our uh, our dragon uh, our daggerfall covenant centered stream for elder scrolls online uh also you may now follow the daggers on twitter at esotr daggers and uh you're definitely going to want to check them out on on twitter guys because you know, uh, the, the fun goes on all week long. If you've ever watched Dancing with Daggers, it's, it's probably uh, <laughs> one of the most off-the-rails, hysterical streams you've, you've ever seen. These guys are – fun is the name of the game. It really is. And, and it goes all week long on Twitter between these folks. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good follow for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it really is. It's kind of taken on a life of its own. <laughs> so. Yeah, it does. Between the photos, the uh, the jokes, and a lot of the times too, like some of the inside jokes on the show make their way onto the Twitter. And you know, if you watch it and you'll you'll get the joke, it's 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 real funny. Rage, you should do like uh, Tim does and use your um, your in character tweet uh, Twitter to retweet uh, to Dancing with Daggers and get Ray to do the same thing. Make a in character one. You know that, that that's a that's an excellent idea. Uh, I know that the Tim has a specific account for his, his uh, for, for for Bagheera, whereas I, I just have one for all of my Daggerfall characters. Um, but uh, that, I mean, that's an excellent idea. Might might do that. Yeah. You know what? Before we go into Arsenium, let's let's take five or ten minutes or so and just sort of break the ice here with with Zephin, um, because uh, we we know you're there, but unfortunately, um, I think I hope some of the listeners did not forget that you're there. And oh, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Zephan, why don't you tell us, tell us a little bit about, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, do you like long walks on the beach? Uh, <laughs> I I don't like long walks on the beach. I like laying out on the beach or surfing. I, but you uh, like uh, not, not really walking. <laughs> uh, sure. Why not? What are you not? doing, game? What are you doing, game? How's how does Zephan? Uh, no, I'm 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 a huge Elder Scrolls fan. <laughs> have been for many many years. Uh, I exclusively play Elder Scrolls um, at the moment, so I, I don't like to really mess with too many other things. Um, but I started off with Morrowind. I did dabble in the earlier games after that, um, but uh, spent many, many 
many of ridiculous amount of hours <laughs> in in each of the games um and uh you know elder scrolls online you know love it hate it whatever you want to say but uh i do love it in my own way and play a tremendous amount um another thing actually i, I would like to mention is i love doing dungeons mm. love love them love them mm-hmm. do them all the time in fact that probably occupies like 90 percent of my playtime. Um, yeah, Zephin's a real dungeon crawler, guys. I mean, just <laughs> through and through, thick and thin, balls to bones. Zephin's Zephin's a dungeon crawler, and a tremendous amount of of my uh, my respect goes to him for for that. Because I, I, you know, you know, Zephin, I'm the same way. I I love I love the dungeons too, and that's probably oh, yeah. my favorite content. In any game, it's my favorite content. Yeah, but you know, I the dungeons I, I, by I also- himself. <laughs> I, I do a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, oh, you're gonna love Orsinium then. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, well, you know, I mean, you can't always get a group together. I still want to practice the dungeon, so I'll just go in there. Why not? You know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I I really like helping out uh, people as well. Um, you know, people I know, people I don't know. It doesn't matter. I I like lending a hand to everybody and anybody, whether it's just you know verbal advice if they need help with their builds, um, with their you know armor sets. What are they trying to do? Um, but also. Uh, helping them out with dungeons. You know, there's a lot of people that are new to MMOs and they don't know how to get into the dungeon experience. They don't want to go in and be called the noob and get kicked out of the group, things like that. Sure. And and I am more than happy to go in with anybody and teach them the ropes. You know, give them all the strategies on what they need to do. I have an incredible amount of patience. Um, so don't be afraid to hit me up in game regardless of what I'm doing, even if you see me in a dungeon, because you most likely will, um, hit me up anyway. And as soon as I'm done with the dungeon, I will join up with you and we'll do whatever you want to do. Um, and, and I'll help you out as, as much as I possibly can. I do have one one little uh, thing about that, though, is please have TeamSpeak and be able to get on it because mm, yeah. I don't really type well and play at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I, I appreciate you offering yourself up like that on uh, on the show. Um, I'm sure if many of our, our new – by the way, guys, we're going to talk about this later, but uh, we've combined all three of our guilds now into one guild called ESOTR. Uh, if you're looking for an invite to that, you can certainly hit me up, send me an in- in-game mail, or uh, I believe even Zephan, uh, you have the ability to, to uh, invite too. Do you not? Yes, I do. Okay, so, so there's another way that Zephan can help you out. Um, now, now before we move on, I just, you, you touched on this quickly and I think this is probably one of the best parts about, about, uh, about having you on the show today. Your first Elder Scrolls game was Morrowind, right? My, yeah. My, okay. Yeah. Zephan has, just to give you an idea, like, okay, he says his first game was Morrowind. Okay. But really it's like his first love is Morrowind. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> He's got this incredible story about D and D and Morrowind. And I would love it if you can just kind of just throw that out there real quick. Just, just give us your, your Morrowind D and D story. Cause it's, 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 it's oh. epic. It's absolutely epic. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm an old school, uh, D and D gamer started with uh, first edition and, uh, been playing for many years. Uh, clearly, and when uh, the, when I first found out about Elder Scrolls, I, you know, it was explained to me as a game that you could do anything and go anywhere. It was completely freeform, and you could interact with the environment. And I thought that was really exciting. And it really reminded me of the tabletop Dungeons and Dragons. 
Um, and so I got into Morrowind, started playing it and everything, and it, it just reminded me so much of Dungeons & Dragons. I was like, this is this is crazy how how well it compares. And in my, uh, you know, I DM a lot in Dungeons & Dragons, and I create my own campaigns, and I figured, how cool would it be to actually convert it over, you know, Morrowind over to Dungeons & Dragons? So I did exactly that. I sat down and I played the game, and in the entire time I was playing the game, I was writing notes on everything and mapping out all the dungeons, um, copying over the uh, all the books in the games and everything. Um, you know, thanks to the Imperial Library, that made my job a lot easier. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so, you know, I sat down with my my D and D group who had never touched Morrowind at all. Um, and I said, okay, we're going to play this. I have one rule. You're not allowed to play Morrowind until we're done with the campaign. And so we we went through it. I let them do whatever they wanted to do. And I converted everything, all the monsters, everything. If somebody, you know, went into a room and there was a bookshelf and they say, okay, well, I want to look at the bookshelf and pick something out, then I could, you know, pull out my binder and I'd grab a random book and give them a, you know, and they'd actually be able to read wow. exactly what they would have read in uh, in Morrowind. That's crazy. Uh, so they were really excited about that. Yeah. It, it went off really well. I can imagine. I mean, uh, that, that's really incredible. And it took you, like, what, a, a year to build that? Uh, it actually took me about about two years and I logged upwards of around uh, five to 6,000 hours in Morrowind. Wow. that's That's insane, man. That's, that's All incredible. I'm thinking as he's saying this is that, you know, he hasn't told his players that it's coming out of a video game. And they're like, oh, my <laughs> oh, God, no, he's I the did. greatest DM ever. <laughs> you know, this story is so amazing. <laughs> you know, all these details. I really felt like the Neverine. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, somebody goes and picks it up accidentally and yeah. be like, I can't believe he's been lying to us for all this time. <laughs> Man, Seth, and so someone crazy. stole your campaign, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, I think I think everyone's been waiting long enough, but Zeph and I appreciate you uh, sharing that with everybody. Uh, so we're about to get into it, guys. Orsinium and a little bit more. In their tongue is Dovahkiin, Dragonborn. Monday, October 5th, Zoss announced on a special live stream the date and features of the release of the highly anticipated second DLC of Elder Scrolls Online, Orsinium! A giant single-player zone that boasts over 20-plus hours of story content, challenges the player of any level to help Orc King Kurog reclaim, rebuild, and reforge the ancient ancestral home of his race, Orsinium! Here are the details. Now, Varu, before we go on, can I just say, uh-huh. nobody at Zoss will get back to me on my one tweet. I keep asking, you know, this says, help King King Kurag reclaim and rebuild and reforge the ancestral home. Mm-hmm. What about the opposite? As an AD or, a D or an EP character, can I go through and just trash their ancestral home? <laughs> I want to be able to light fires in the streets and, you know. <laughs> Mike, ever the deconstructionist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So, so, so Rob, um, how about, how about we make Zeph and just read all these bullet points here and laugh? Yep. I'm good. Cause I got to go potty. All right. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Zeph and how about, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Why don't you, uh, tell, tell everyone here exactly what they can expect in the new DLC or Cinium. 
All right. Well, there's uh, over 20 hours of captivating story content and quests, a long-awaited exploration of the culture of Tamriel's orcs, a colossal new zone available to characters of all levels, a new single-player progressive challenge, the Maelstrom Arena, mm. available in normal and veteran versions. Hopefully the veterans are better than the normals, but we'll see. It uh, grants special rewards only obtainable by completing arenas. Includes class-specific leaderboards, uh, so you can see how you match up against your fellow combatants. Quests and objectives that contribute to rebuilding the city of Orsinium, returning it to its former glory. Mm. Two large public dungeons, Old Orsinium and that other name, (laughs) Rinkinleft. (laughs) Rinkinleft. Rinkinleft, sure. Uh, featuring all new challenges for both solo and group play. Special harvest nodes that scale to the most advanced material type your character can use for crafting. Nice. Six Six all-new challenging world bosses, powerful new gear, unique crafting styles, and other rewards inspired by the history and denizens of Hrothgar. Hrothgar. Yeah. Uh, four new provisioner recipes, only available in Rothgar. 18 powerful new item sets, including six ability-altering weapons. Nine sets obtained by participating in the activities in Rothgar. And three new craftable sets. Um, also, the ancient orc crafting style. Six new collectible costumes, only available in Rothgar. And over an hour of brand new in-game musical score. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, tons and tons and tons of stuff for the single player indeed. Um, also, uh, there with all those features, and this comes directly from the um, Elder Scrolls Online website, you can certainly check out all those points. Uh, Rob, if you could, just tell people now, now that's what you're going to get if you buy the DLC. But of course, the DLC, it's an event is really what it is. Um, plus, so what does that mean? It means that even if you didn't buy this DLC, the game is going to be supported for you in different ways and and here is here here is that rob all right basically uh in addition to the orsinium dlc pack uh everyone who owns Tam- uh, uh elder scrolls online tamriel unlimited will receive this base game patch at no cost uh the base game patch includes gamepad support for the pc sorry mac not yet uh subtitles for all platforms shield dying improvements to battle leveling, fixes and improvements to existing game systems and content, and more! Here are some of the highlights. We mentioned gamepad support and subtitles, but some looking for group improvements. Cross-alliance dungeons. Nice. Champion point cap and catch-up system. Oh my. So, yeah, starting to roll this out. Uh, the shield dying has got everybody uh, pretty, uh, pretty excited. Mm-hmm. Improvements to battle leveling. Uh, and it, uh, not just the ancient orc style, but now the Akaviri crafting style. Um, ability balance and bug fixes, uh, some new ways to spend your alliance points, oh and increased drop rates, plus more. Very interesting. All right. Uh, we've got a couple of points um, that we want to hit on with regarding our thoughts and opinions with all this information. Um, but before we get into that... I just want to go around the table here and and just ask what's what's one thing one thing guys about this that's got you support uh, that's got you excited and uh, let's start with our guest Zephan. 
Um, well, I, I would say the uh, looking for group, it's about time that they finally started, you know, looking into improving this because it, nobody uses it. It really doesn't work when it comes down to it. So they're adding in a lot of improvements to it. It looks great. Um, now they, uh, there's one downfall with it where you can't actually specifically group with a, a specific person from a cross faction. It's only the random chance, um, but they are working on it. Okay. Uh, how about let's cut over to, uh, to Liz, Liz, one thing that, uh, out of all this, that, that has you excited for Orsinium. Liz, are you muted? I was talking. I I was muted on both things. Double mute. She she locked herself out of her own room. <laughs> She's locked herself in her car. Oh, God. Okay. Um, lost in her own museum. Me, yeah, lost in her own museum, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were expecting me to say the Diable Shields. Well, yes and no. Um, because no, because I like what Zephyr just said. I agree, absolutely. I, I has anybody ever been able to group up with the group finder? I don't think so. Not no. since the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never, ever, 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 ever been able to group up, and that would be nice uh, because I, 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 I'm always on. Zephyr's always in a dungeon, and Avarlin's <laughs> shaky on whether or not he's going to be there. So. Yeah, if he's awake, <laughs> writing tanking. diatribe notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would really, really, really like the group finder to finally work, and I would, I like it that it's in the patch notes, like you know, just blatantly stated there. Because I think even if they did fix it from what it was before, um, I don't think anybody knew that it was fixed. <laughs> Uh, so that's really nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I tried it after. Apparently, they had fixed it some months ago. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> and it, it, there was nothing. Nothing happened. I don't know. I don't but know. What, nobody's using it, but you know, so you yeah. can't really tell. <laughs> that probably is part of it. Yeah, probably is part of it. Anyway, um, over to Rob. Rob, on this one, one thing, man, one thing that's got you excited. Mm, it's always one thing. One thing. Oh, Same to here. One. Oh, one. It's I a, would. It's an hors d'oeuvre. I would have to say finally a step towards um, fixing this champion system that has got me excited. Okay. All right. Uh, I can I can understand that. You know, um, a couple episodes ago, you were certainly uh, you know crying did you know crying out that the uh, that this definitely needs improvement, and mm -hmm. uh, certainly it's out there in the community. A lot of the PVPers are are uh, saying they're they're crying, screaming. You know, we this needs to get fixed because it's just it's just uh, it's no good for for our gameplay style. Um, so yeah, I get it, man. Um, Mike, what about you? So there's a whole bunch of stuff in here that I'm really excited for, but you're making me pick one. One, what? I, one I, for I, now. I can't do it. One for now, and then we'll fangirl in a second. Okay. Uh, I really like this idea of the new single-player progressive challenge Maelstrom Arena mm. because while I've, I've completed Dragon Star, it, it's you, once again you have to get a group of four to do it. So the Maelstrom Arena, the fact that you know you can solo it, I think is as as an Elder Scrolls player, not an you know not an MMO player speaking here, but an Elder Scrolls player, I'm really excited about the possibility of a solo arena. Yeah. Yes. I I uh, arena. Right. Solo arena. I I agree. I agree with that. Um, we should say that the the uh, arena, the Maelstrom Arena that we are talking about, is not 
a small PvP arena. Um, I don't know if if that's been said enough in the community. Um, yeah. I think maybe it has been, but I just it's going to be just like out of um, Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion. You go in yeah. representing your team, and you'll be facing challengers one on one. Yeah. Um, gameplay on that looked uh, really really cool during their announcement. Uh, one thing that I'm excited about, okay, is you know it, you know it. You've been begging for that, and you know it. We have the recipes. He wants the recipes. Uh huh. Oh boy! Don't think we don't know. I know. I know. I hate to be so obvious. I hate it. I hate it. It really is, though. Just shield. tell us what color you're looking for. Shield dying. <laughs> Out of everything. I'm like, I, I got really excited over that. They're hitting on every point. I'm like, good, they're finally adding that. Good, they're finally adding that. And shield dying. I'm like, oh my god, they're adding that! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I had just woken up too, so if you can imagine what, what a girly squeak. Sounds like with morning breath attached to it. I'm sure oh. oh my god, you and Mark, both of you, you know, squealing like little girls there, you know, over the shield dying. He, he <laughs> loves the red diamond that he's going to be able to finally put on his imperial oh, shield. Oh yeah, it's, it's well, just well, I mean, let me, you know, let's face it. I mean, like the the game has been out for for more than a year and a half, and all Mark has wanted is to have a red diamond in the middle of his shield, and he has never been able to have it until now. Mm-hmm. Ah. It, there it is. I, the, the thing is, is what kills me about when you're and and Zephin, back me up on this one because you're you're wearing the the sword and shield too. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You you go through all of the pain of dying your armor, and, and I say pain. I, I don't mean pain. Really, it's it can be. It's tedium. You go through the tedium of dying all of your armor. You're like, oh man, looks spot on when you're done. You spent twenty thirty minutes at least on on doing all this. And then you put on the sword and shield. I'm knocking my microphone over. And you're like, oh, man, now my handbag doesn't match my shoes. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of truth to that. Eh? <laughs> oh, my God. This is gold. This is never going to be brought up again, man. I am frantically writing notes. Robin Williams live at the Met, you know, when he's doing yeah, his whole yeah. skit about fashion police. It's just a yes. board of pants. Yeah, fashion police. Yes. <laughs> well, it just ruins the whole ensemble, you know? It really does. <laughs> it does. It's it talk about just breaking breaking the old immersion, you know? I mean, and you get all excited too because you spend all this time just like putting together your, you know, all the different colors. Like, you know, anyway, I I could go on. I'm not going to, but <laughs> take that long it doesn't it doesn't but i i spend extra time just making sure like is that the color is that the correct yellow (laughs) that i want to invoke like i don't want it to be aldmeri dominion yellow i want it to be bright and golden like holy yellow where's that where's the holy yellow it's not bound by an achievement is it what achievement is that i got it it is it is it's akintosh gold yeah, it is. Um, you're actually lucky because you are a heavy armor wearer, and you can actually get the same sort of color uh, when you when you pick it out from the, from the swatches. Uh, cloth wearers, no, no. Yeah, not so much. I can't wait so, for that. Barwin, I know they did that on purpose, but ugh. yes, Mike. Barwin, is your beat uh, that you patrol uh, the fashion district in New York City? <laughs> He is the fashion 
You're never living this. Realm. Excuse me, yeah. sir. You you're are not receiving this, this summons. In the car with your partner there. You know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just pulling people over. Uh, excuse me. Uh, you are getting pulled over not because you're driving the wrong way down a one way street, but those shoes don't match that bicycle color. Don't you right, know? So, so, Avarwin, have you, have you ever done this where you go to dye your armor and you realize it doesn't match your shield and you're terribly upset so you end up just changing the colors you originally planned on making your armor so it does actually match your shield? Yes. I have to. I've done that. <laughs> I've done that. Which limits you. Yep. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> you're it really does. stuck with that and you're like, ah, oh, dang it. I know. I know. It, uh, yeah. And then what you really find- also sucks about that is when you you mix um, heavy and light armor. Oh, because you can't get the same color. Nope. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's annoying. All right. Yeah. So so uh, so there it is. There's our one thing. Um, now now let's let's really get into it. All right. Thoughts and opinions. Oh my god, jail deck. Thoughts and opinions. <laughs> uh Let's let's just let's just touch on on this for a second, okay? Going back to Arsenium for the first time since Daggerfall. I'm super stoked about that. As as probably the one person around here, I think I I have the most time logged in with Daggerfall here on the show right now. With you know, a, with an, an an overwhelming thirty hours. I mean, I haven't gotten out of Private Chase Cove, so I, I know. I don't know. What about you guys? You. Obviously, that's not a lot of time, but <laughs> I, I think I have about fifty hours. But that was just getting out of the cove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you on that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of the things about uh, you know, I love I love Daggerfall. So I'll just I'll just throw this out real quick. You know, I love Daggerfall. Uh, it's a lot of fun, but man, is it! It's just it's obviously antiquated, and being able to see uh, for the first time. Uh, almost like a, a realization of the original concept of some of the things that were that existed back then in in the new Elder Scrolls games, and certainly, of course, Elder Scrolls Online uh, is is uh, championing that that movement right now. Um, is is very 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 exciting. It really is, and just from a lore perspective, I I'm really excited about going back to uh, to Orsinium and going back to uh, going back there since Daggerfall. So I'm I'm super stoked about that. Um, does anyone here have anything else they want to expand on that, or should we hit up our next point here? I think we uh, we should move on to the next point. I agree. All right, and this this is a bone of contention for myself, uh, but but a lot of you may agree with it. Just single player zone. Eh, what do you guys think, Rob? Um, well, I can tell you this, uh, I logged onto the PTS and, you know, immediately went to f- try to find a way to get into Rothgar, and when I got there, um, I was surprised to see there was another player standing there, because I thought that this was supposed to be a player, uh, single player zone. It's not. Um, but, that's okay. Um, it is certainly not just a single player zone. Um... As we discovered uh, this past Friday night on Dancing with Daggers, mm-hmm. uh, we we ran all kinds of you know public dungeons, which by themselves certainly yes could be played solo. However, I do seem to recall there was an instance where a bunch of us had run into uh, one of these delves, and two members of our group were fighting a three, uh, I guess a tier three world boss. Yeah, that 
and, and and you guys were holding your own pretty well. Um, but it's like, even though like everybody came out to you know to fight this boss, even with like the twelve people we had in our group, it still took a little bit yeah. to take that 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 enemy down. So it's like, okay. Would that boss be soloable? Maybe. It would certainly take a while. Um, so I, I think it's a little inaccurate to say that it is only a single player zone. Yeah. I, I think <clears throat> um I think probably the best way they, they could have put it is is just just saying that it's you know, it's it's um or or giving the idea that it's it's a zone very similar to what you leveled up in. You know all of those all of those zones in your in your uh, faction, uh, in your home faction that you did your your uh, quest uh, story in. It's basically the same thing. It's, right. it's just a giant zone uh, that you're going to be seeing lots of people in. Those world bosses are are going to be much tougher than what you're normally used to. I mean, people solo those world bosses in um, in those single player zones now. Oh yeah, I mean it's. I mean heck, you can you can solo them. At level and below, Mike. What do you think about about uh, Orsinium being a single player zone? I think it's pretty cool. I mean, when you look at the progression, you know, before the um, the champion point drop and the um, um, the console drop here, uh, we got the two Craglorn expansions, uh, which were small group content, uh, and they're really tough without at least one other person. Uh, then we had the console and the champion point drop, and quality of life increases there. Uh, the uh, the thieves uh, skill line, the Jared domain, uh, and then the PVE or PVP at um, the Imperial City. So I'm glad to see that uh, this next round here is going to be single player. I know a lot of the MMO community is you know scoffing at that, but you know it's kind of hard as a VR16 to go out and solo Craglorn. Or, you know, spend all day just going, looking for group, looking for group in Imperial City, uh, and hoping to get into a big enough gank mob to, you know, make it unenjoyable to play. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this, that if you group up with another person or run into a public dungeon with another person, that it's going to be enjoyable content, and you're not going to be forced into large groups or forced to have to find more players to complete overland content. Now, I hope, completely and totally expect that when you get into the dungeons and other things, that you will be, you know, they're going to be tough enough that you need to have people, you know, that it's not going to be, oh, you know, this dungeon, you know, you can solo uh, for your what would be traditional four-man dungeon groups. So, Liz, what's some of your thoughts on this? I don't care that it's single player anyway, because I never grouped up when I was leveling. Right. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. same, same here. Uh, yeah. See, that, and that's kind of what I'm hoping to uncover here a little bit on this. Uh, now, Zephan, uh, we'll, we'll end with you on, on just a single player zone. Uh, no, I to to say that um, that it's it's single player only is is like saying that Imperial City is only PvP. Um, is it largely focused solo? Sure, but there is group content, and uh, you know the public dungeons that are in there. It's it's a little bit deceiving thinking that okay, all the public dungeons I've done thus far, I'll go in there just do it solo. Uh, they've changed things up in these public dungeons. They're uh, yeah. A little bit harder than what you're used to, so bigger too. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, if you're a really good player, sure, you could go on there and solo it, but it's not exactly advisable. I would recommend taking in uh, a friend or two, um, 
and and they're much larger as well than than you're used to in the other public dungeons. Um, but you know, also another reiteration, yeah, or, or you know, kind of our first big content that we got was Craglorn, which was group based, and then we got Imperial City, which was PvP based. Now we're getting Arsinium, which is solo. So it, it seems like they're kind of going in this pattern, which you know, way back when they did announce that they wanted to keep a rotation on what they were bringing it out. So no type of player was going to go too long without getting content. There's no surprises on this. You know, when they announced Orsinium, they said a year ago at QuakeCon 2014, I believe that's when they first teased it, that it was going to be a single player zone as well as uh, another heroic zone too, just like Kragmorn. Um, the Argonian one, I think. Merkmire. Merkmire. And I know, like, they've been talking about how, like, yeah. there was not going to be uh, a Trials in this one, but it was slated for one of the future ones. So I'm hoping, like, the next round, either Merkmire or um, Clockwork City, is going to be small group content, kind of like Craglorn, where you have to have, you know, four people to do multiple different things, and it's really almost impossible to do uh, on its own. So, you know... Right. I'm really hoping that they do stick to that, you know, rotation of, you know, small group content, you know, yeah. trials type of thing in that type of update, then PvP or quality of life, kind of like, you know, what we saw with the Legere Domain, then the other one PvP, uh, like we saw with Imperial City, and then once again back to single player focused mode. So that everybody gets a little bit of something. Um You know, I see myself getting caught up in this um, kind of chasing my tail sort of thing when it comes to the DLC so far in the game. And uh, I've noticed that what what's best is, for me anyway, uh, to remember that this isn't, this isn't like expansions, all right, in other MMOs. I think, I think when I, when I hear a new DLC being announced for this game and, and ideas for, future DLC coming down the road, um, I have to keep in mind that this isn't a giant rift or World of Warcraft expansion where, you know, you're going to get like a whole new continent and all these new dungeons and all these new single player areas and all these new uh, uh, group based areas. Like that's not, that's not the way ZeniMax is doing their DLC. And I have to, I have to keep in mind that every one that we get makes the game better overall content wise. Um, at the end of this year, okay, with Orsinium and the Imperial City being in the game, if you look at it from that perspective of what what did we get this year, how did how did this game improve? What kind of content came into this game this year? There's a tremendous amount of content that's been added to the game. Now, on a per step basis, some of these things might be a little underwhelming. And for me personally, I was a little underwhelmed at the fact that there's no new uh dungeons coming out for for orsinium as far as like you know normal and veteran dungeons go um but then i thought to myself like you know what dude like a month ago you just got two new dungeons two new normal and two new veterans so oh wait there's going to be the two on here there's the old the orsinium ones. and rick <laughs> Or Kindle it. <laughs> yeah, whatever those that are, one is. But know. those are those are public dungeons. Those, oh, are, those are public dungeons. Public okay. dungeons. Yeah, those are a little different. Um, not delves. Public dungeons. Right. Um, which still qualifies as group content, but not like you know the kind of group t- content that I really enjoy. The instance based 
So, so if you, you, like you know, grotto. right, right. So, so going back, all right, and looking at what what we did get, it's a tremendous amount. Each step, if you look at it, you know, as it is, yeah, it can, for me, in that perspective, it can be a little underwhelming. But then I also got to remember, well, okay, well, how many times do you effectively group up? Uh, you know, and and that you wished that there was just something that you can sort of delve into without having to be attached to a group in order to enjoy it. And this is perfect. It's absolutely fantastic. You got a single player zone, Orsinium. It's coming to the game. 20 plus hours of, um, of quests to do. So that's cool. I'm going to be interested in, in, in checking that out. And, you know, the, uh, you know, there's more coming down the, down the pike too. And I think this is going to be personally for me. Um, as a just a single player zone, you know what? I think it's going to be enough to keep me busy. Uh, price and release dates. What do we have on on that? I know we haven't spoken about that just yet. Uh, I just want to go back to the point you were just making about how how you didn't notice uh, here and now, but in the long run, mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to think of it from a person like I started Rift uh, when it went free to play, mm-hmm. and. From my point of view, I was like, holy crap, there's a bunch of stuff. But you were saying, oh, I followed this all along and it wasn't very much at first. But, I'm, you know, I'm overwhelmed as a new player. And that's how I tend to think about uh, the, the release schedule of this stuff. I'm like, wow, in a year's time, this is going to be totally different. It's going to be awesome. So, yeah, if you ever find yourself feeling that way, think of it from somebody that's coming to the game later. Uh, uh, speaking of it like that, though, I also, you know, was thinking about this this week. You know, I'm... Uh, going through and trying to figure out, okay, with my main, what can I do? You know, um, I'm not overly thrilled about going into Imperial City with him, you know, without having some type of planned activity. And so I opened up my journal and I was like, oh my God, there's so much stuff that I still have not done uh, throughout like all of the zones. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe that should be like a challenge for me is to go through and, uh, you know, try and finish up some of these journal things. Like I was missing one cave in Cyrodiil to complete the Cyrodiil uh, uh, Cave Delver Explorer uh, one. And it's because I'm missing one boss. And it's like, oh, my God, I can easily finish that. Now, you know? Mike, I, I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt, but um, we do – we've got – welcome, by the way, Gina Bruno from the community team at, over at Zoss. She just came into our chat room. Uh, Gina just kind of dropped a little bit of a bomb on us. Yes, she did. Anyone catch that? Rob, what, what did Gina just say? <laughs> All right, and I quote – Spell crafting is still going to happen. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow, wow, wow. Sorry. There's a quality of life update right there. Certainly is. Yes. Uh, uh, fantastic. Okay. That's uh, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing to, to finally get uh, confirmation on. That's that's great stuff. Um, and thank you, Gina, for, for coming on in. We appreciate it. Yes. It means a lot to us. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Mike, I know I interrupted you, and I'm very sorry, but you were saying that there's a ton of content that you haven't gotten gotten to yet. Please continue. Yeah, so like, I don't think a lot of people think about it like this. That you know, they've completed what they consider all the content, mm-hmm. and you know, they really need to open up that journal and look at that progression on their bars to you know what percentage they are. What haven't they done? I mean, yes, you may have completed all of the main storyline or all of the fighters guild storyline or the mages guild storyline. But have you done all of the public dungeons? Have you done all of the small group dungeons? Have you completed Dragon Star? Heck, are you a master fisherman? You know, just all kinds of weird little things that are out there, you know, crafting ones. And 
just all of those those dies that are not unlocked for you yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and there's you know, I got a ton. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. However, I will say going back to doing that stuff because I've I've tried that and it can be tedious. Oh yeah, it can be very oh, yeah. tedious because you're like ah, I just sneeze at you and you fall over. <laughs> Yeah, well, some of it though is is not tedious at all. I mean, you know, really? especially if you're looking oh, at your gold don't, cards. Don't you dare stuff. say fishing. No, fishing. Well, is fishing, big. fishing is uh, <laughs> is an act of patience. Yeah. yeah. All right, I guys. We got to the house when I'm doing the fishing. We got to We got to move on. Um, oh. But only. I'm sorry, but only to cover some some other things that are that are really important too. Um, price details. Uh, when this comes out, okay, it's obviously. If you don't know about it, all right, it's going to be 3,000 crowns in the uh, Elder Scrolls Online crown store. Um, they're also going to have a DLC collector's bundle available for 5,000 crowns. So it's, that's 2,000 more. Uh, it's going to include the Cave Bear Mount, the Cave Bear Cub Pet, and five crown experience scrolls as well. So you're going to get the DLC content, which, you know, Orsinium and... and and everything that Orsinium comes with, the uh, the bear mount, the bear pet, and five uh, crown experience scrolls for five thousand, and then for three thousand, obviously, it's going to be just the DLC. And if you're an ESO Plus member, uh, obviously, you just get all of that. Uh, you get the uh, the DLC pack for essentially for free. Um, it comes into it just comes to you. Um, also, this is going to be hitting PC and Mac. On November 2nd, uh, I'm going to ask for confirmation on this from you guys. I believe the 17th and then the 18th will be Xbox One and then PS4. Uh, we're going we're gonna to try and see if we can get confirmation on that one. I'm sorry, I don't have that in the notes just yet. Uh, somebody, anybody, see if we can track that uh, down. For Googling me. it now. Thank you so much. Yep. Uh, while Mike does that thing, single player Maelstrom Arena. With class-specific leaderboards, I think that's a very interesting feature. Uh, over to you, Zephan, good sir. I tell you, single-player Maelstrom Arena is coming to this game, and automatically you're thinking... Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited about it. I, I do have you know one little concern, but um, I am excited that there's some good progressive single-player things that I can, I can take my main into and, um, and actually try to progress you know, my main and, and get new gear, um, you know, cause otherwise, you know, up until now, he's just kind of sitting there waiting to get into a group so I can go on and do a dungeon so I can get the gear that I want. Um, so I like, I like that I can actually do something to progress my character when my friends aren't on. Um, my one little concern about it is there is gear in there that you can only get from doing the maelstrom arena. And, because of that, does that mean when my friends do come online and I'm like, hey, let's go and do a dungeon? And they're like, no, I'm really going for this armor set, so I'm just going to do solo play. Hmm. Interesting. That's uh, that's a very, very good call out uh, and a good question. Um, certainly uh, getting into the PTS now, which I, I'm going to tell you right now, guys, like going forward until November 2nd, um, I'm not going to be playing the, uh, the, the PTS. I want to experience this and the 20 plus hours of, of content on my own, uh, when it finally is released. So I don't want to spoil anything for myself. Um, so we'll, we'll find out later, of course, but playing the PTS, we'll, we'll be able to, I'm sure answer that question. 
Uh, any other thoughts on on the Maelstrom Arena coming out? Uh, Liz, do you think this is something you're going to throw yourself into? I don't know. I'm a healer. Uh, well, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Because because they actually said that on on the live stream too they they picked what? up on that yeah they said well what about healers like it's great for DPS but what about healers that's what the class specific leaderboards are for actually um, so <clears throat> even, wait yeah so basically here's how this works okay think think Oblivion's arena yeah okay which I was amazing in no matter what you can, no matter who you are in this game, you're going to be able to, you, you have access to DPS abilities. Yeah. Okay. You can slot those into your bar, mm-hmm. run into this arena and do DPS and win. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's geared for a single player. Okay. Now, how does that translate to its, you know, com- competitive side? Well, actually very easily because among Templars, Liz, you're going to be ranked among other Templars, not among other classes that ha- that do far more DPS simply because that's what their class does. Mm-hmm. So going in there as a healer, if you just put in some, you know, DPS abilities just to, you know, kill the mobs and keep yourself alive, you're going to be ranked fairly according to other Templars, not according to Dragon Knights or Sorcerers or et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, um, you, you got to, that means a respect for me, which is fine. I, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Um, it, it, of course, it means a new mindset, which is fine as well. I, I, I really don't see the problem but because it is a DPS you know, race. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I remember seeing the leaderboards in PvP, and of course, I, I think it was uh, something for healing. Of course, mm-hmm. most Templars were healers anyway. Um, so eh, I was gone. I lost my train of thought, honestly. <laughs> uh, I think you know what I think is going to come out of this is um, you're going to see these DPS leaderboards. And and people are going to be like, wow, this class is like ridiculously overpowered in DPS DPS wise versus the others class. Like, I think this is going to create a little bit of a discussion in the community, especially on the forums. Like, I think you're going to hear, you know, you know, Zoss, fix your game. My sorcerer is too overpowered. No, I I think that. <laughs> You know, a lot of the theory crafters and the, the people that play a lot already know who the top DPS classes are. Oh yeah, I but don't this think there's is gonna, any question there. I think it. I think my point is that it's just going to be exacerbated by the obviousness of which, which yeah. is yeah. Neither here. The nor lines right. between the 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 trifecta. <laughs> what um, I'd really the, uh, love tank, to see. Healer and DPS are going to be more defined. What I'd really love to see along those lines is subdivisions of the four classes. So, you know how you can put in what role you want to, in the group finder? Yeah. Uh, to see a subdivision that when you start it, that you have to select, oh, I'm a DPS, I'm a healer, I'm a tank. No. Uh, you know, and then, you know, because then it would subdivide you based on that. So, you know, this guy is, a, is, is decked out as a healer. You know, you're not going to be competing against, you know, people that are Templar DPSs. Do you really think that people are actually going to tell the truth on that? I'm a healer, and they really DPS. Who knows? Maybe, you know. (laughs) Uh, We've got confirmation on this. November 17th for Xbox One. November 18th for PlayStation 4. Um, And just to to finish up, guys, okay, those those base game features 
you're getting gamepad support, subtitles, LFG improvements, champion point, cap, and catch-up system, shield dying, improvements to battle leveling, Akaviri crafting style, the ability to balance, uh, ability balance and bug, bug fixes, new ways to spend your alliance points, and increased item drop rate. Uh, anything else that, before we move on, uh, does anyone have anything else they want to call out or talk about right now? Uh, I, I do. Okay, go ahead, Zephan. What do you got? Um, sorry, Rob, don't want to take your candy, but, uh, I do want to talk about the champion point cap. Okay. Um, (laughs) but, uh, the champion point cap is at 501 points, okay? Um, and... (laughs) You know, I, I just, if you have 500 champion points and somebody else has, say, 50 champion points, there's still a massive gap there and you're still going to have a really, really bad day going against that, that uh, person who has a lot more than you. Um, you know, is it enough? I don't know. But, I mean, you're always going to run into that because you're always going to have new players bringing up people that don't have very many champion points because they just started playing a couple months ago. And you're going to have people that have been playing this game for a long time that are right at that cap. Um, and, and so you're always going to have that issue. When I really look at that champion point issue of this person has way more than me, it's kind of unfair, that kind of thing, it really seems like it's it's really a PvP kind of issue you know if i go into a group dungeon and my buddy has a thousand champion points and i have a hundred i'm okay with that because he's gonna you know help pull the weight and everything and he's gonna help get us through i have no issues with that whatsoever the really issue is going into pvp and me getting stomped by somebody has way more and it's not even a contest so really my suggestion to that is stop messing with the champion points on the pve side and just take them out completely on the pvp side if you go on there guess what all your champion point issue you know bonuses go away i was i was thinking about this with the pvp and how to do it first is get rid of that you know lockout of you know you have a character already on this server this campaign type of thing yeah just cyrodiil you're automatically grouped or you're automatically slotted into a campaign based on your champion point range so if you have zero to fifty-five or something like that, that you automatically would be Whoa. moved into into wow. one, and then you know something to a hundred and something would be another, and so that that way, if you have you know two thousand, you know you're up there in a campaign, you know having to fight people with two thousand, you know There's not like having to pick on there. yeah, not having to pick on people that have twenty, and if you want to be moved into something that is competitive and lower, that's when the cap would kick in. So it would say, okay, right. you know. You you know you're you have a thousand champion points. You want to join this campaign with two hundred? Please you know we've automatically respect your character. Please put in two hundred points as you see fit for the duration of your time in the campaign. Yeah, I mean we we uh, I, I remember during our, uh, our our crossover podcast, like we didn't verbally speak about it. It, it was it was a topic that came up in the chat, but basically, uh, champion point weight classes is is what yeah. we're looking at where it's just all based on how many champion points you have spent where if it's you know zero to 50 then as soon as you spend that 51st champion point you're moved up to the 51 to 100 point bracket so you know i you know personally i i think that is a brilliant idea i'm also for shutting off uh the champion point bonuses in pvp altogether 
Yeah, I'd have to agree to that. Yeah, I think especially that's when we were talking thing. about non-vet campaigns having them. Oh, God. like yeah. holy crap! <laughs> that infuriated me when I when I when I learned that. Anyway, um, all right, folks, we've got a lot more show to cover. We've got our gameplay, of course. Uh, your your emails. Uh, Tamriel's rumors. We've got a very interesting discussion topic for that uh, a little bit later on. Plus, a really big guild update, all coming. Uh, but first, the crafting table. Ow! Son of a bitch! So here we are, guys. The crafting table, and uh, my oh my, we've got quite the titan of a uh, of a selection for you folks this week. Run, do not walk, run over to the Forgotten City by Nick James Pierce. The Forgotten City offers a unique gameplay experience, a murder mystery investigation set in an ancient underground city, has dark, non-linear story in which you'll explore the city in multiple timelines, interrogate suspects, navigate challenging moral dilemmas, and fight new enemies. If you're level 5 or above, you'll be approached automatically by a courier when you enter any city. It includes a haunting non-linear story with several different endings. Your experience will depend on the decisions you make as well as your character's individual history. Has challenging moral dilemmas with consequences. Whether you're a saint or a psychopath or <laughs> something in between, there will be repercussions. A beautiful, intricately detailed new city to explore. Discover secrets, mysteries, and relics. That are thousands of years old. A living community of people. Investigate and interrogate a community of people, each with their own unique stories and roles to play. Puzzles that reward lateral thinking. It will take more than brute force or blind obedience to quest prompts to achieve the best outcomes. An original orchestral soundtrack by composer Trent Moriarty, epic, sweeping, cinematic music, and over 1,200 lines of dialogue from 18 voice actors, talented voice actors from the U.S., Britain, France, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand deliver striking performances. This mod has been described by, uh, I believe, Game Informer as uh, something that could have very well have been done by Bethesda themselves had you not known the difference. Um, you can get this on Skyrim Nexus. So for uh, fans of Skyrim Nexus, the Forgotten City... Run, do not walk. Of course, uh, we'll be having uh, Nick James Pierce as well as Trent Moriarty, the composer of the uh, of the soundtrack here uh, next week, Saturday, the uh, 17th of October. Uh, I believe it's going to be 10 p.m. Eastern right here on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Network slash live to talk all about the Forgotten City. So up until then, you should definitely download the mod, check it out this way. Uh, when we have these folks on the show, uh, you can hear all about what they what it went into uh, to create one of the most uh, celebrated mods since uh, Frostfall, I think, or no, not Frostfall. Uh, Falscar. Falscar, yeah, since Falscar. Okay, there's that. What do you guys? What do you guys want to do next? You want to do? You want to do Tamriel's rumors? You want to do our gameplay? What do you think? I think uh, we should hit uh, gameplay first. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's do that. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, with our weekend game comes this week's challenges. So perk your ears up, folks. And here it comes. We got three new challenges for you from ESO, Skyrim, and Marwind. Number one, ESO, download the PTS and play Orsinium. Go and do that. If you don't care about spoiling stories for yourself, go and do that. Uh, Skyrim, big surprise, okay? Download the Forgotten City and play through it. There's your challenge for this week. And in Marwind, this comes from Zephan, find the Morag Tong in Vivek. That's for players who are newly exploring Elder Scrolls Three. Uh, of course, if that uh, doesn't tickle your fancy, you can, of course, come up with your own, and then please share it with us. We'd love it if you did. Email your story to elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. And if you do it in character, I might even voice act it for you. That might be fun. Anyway, uh, Rob, what you got for us? Well, uh, my my uh, life over the past uh, three weeks or so, I think it was, we've been out for three weeks. Yeah, about that. About three weeks. It has been pretty hectic. So my, my game time in ESO has been somewhat limited uh, between uh, school, woodworking, and uh, just other stuff of being responsible adult. I don't want to adult anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd like to take myself off the hook for that, too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, most of my, my actual gameplay in ESO has, has been the Dancing with Daggers sessions, uh, when I, I actually dedicate time during uh, that day to do that. And I'm very glad that I do that, because that is really when I have the most fun playing the game. Um, two weeks ago, um, I believe, yeah, I believe it was two weeks ago. We did um, the 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 Rosie Lion um, bar, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, um, where that was. I think we need brain floss <laughs> or brain bleach, one or the other. Yeah, brain. Yeah, brain bleach. Um, let's see. It, it, it was that it was uh, a little bit different from uh, from what uh, Dancing with Daggers usually does, where you know we usually do like you know boots and tabard runs, or you know try to you know kill world bosses, go do dungeons, all that type of stuff. No, we decided to mm. throw a freaking kegger in <laughs> Daggerfall, <laughs> complete with um, streaming. Inebriation, and it oh, yeah. was oh god, yes. Everyone, oh. everyone was drunk on that stream. Oh Everybody. my god, it was hilarious. Rob, well, I, don't I think wasn't. I remember it. Was, it, it well. was, it was, it was a good time, but it was. It ended up being so bad, we had to remove the free play. <laughs> oh yeah, we deleted that right off Twitch. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was gone. Oh my god, yeah. That got deleted yeah. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just so we could save a little bit of face, because yeah. you know, no, nobody wants to hear them. Uh, you know, at least a recording of themselves speaking when they're drunk. So, no, no, uh, but it, it was it was a good time, and oh man, like that stream went for what five hours? A long time. Yeah. It went for a long freaking time. It did. But and and for doing absolutely nothing. Like we were we were in the Rosie Lion in Daggerfall, and. <laughs> Let's see. Saw several people just get the absolute crap smacked out of them by the guards. Um, what I love I've- is the chat room here is like completely agreeing with with Rob on this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Sticky Wickets. It says what happened at the Rosie Lion stays at the. Rosie <laughs> <Lion."> yeah, let's <laughs> just say by, by the time I left, the cops got called. 
<laughs> it was the vice squad that showed up and the fashion police. Yeah. Uh, and uh, from that point on, yeah, at that point in time, we were all naked anyways. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I just thought was so funny is when, because the thing is, there, like, there's a quest in the Rosie Lion that you have to do. And you make a brand new Daggerfall character, you have to go into the the rosy lion to talk to an npc so we would have like these level five characters that would come in and then (laughs) and then they would say in in local chat what did i just walk into (laughs) (laughs) there's cats dancing on tables naked naked. spell effects going on everywhere Uh, push-ups aggro in the guards yeah yeah Yeah. mark oh it's him okay Oh, it was it, it, it was amazing. Like that, that was such a fun night, and uh, uh, you know, we we ended up running to Wayrest. Um, well, at least attempting to run to uh, to Wayrest. I know at one point in time, like because we had this big group together so that we could all stay together, yeah. and I just didn't pay attention. I just ran in whichever direction I you know that that, that I wanted to go. And it wasn't in the direction of Wayrest. So, like, everybody's, like, on their way to Wayrest. But I'm, like, all the way over here, you know, and they're saying over uh, you know, over Skype, uh, hey, uh, Rob, you going you, you gonna to come join us? I'm like, uh, I don't know. So, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Rob's been that, that drunk in, in years. <laughs> oh, my God. I was, I was torn up. Done. Poor guy I was, was done. Jeez, oh, I was, I was just Talkative. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of talking going on, that's for sure. There was a lot of opinions being thrown. A lot of opinions. Yeah, that too. A lot. But um, Opinions everywhere. Opinions abound. Knee-deep in opinion sauce. (laughs) But um, (laughs) but we we ended up not doing uh, Daggers the next week. Um, You were still hungover a week later. Oh, yeah. I was still hungover a week later. Trying to think what had going on. Like There there was something that, that I had to do, and I wasn't able to make it. Um, well, last Friday we did the show and it was late. That, yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did yeah. the show and it was late, yeah. um, so that we just we weren't going to start it back up. Um, but we did do it this past Friday, um, and we did it in Orsinium. Yeah, uh, we decided to uh, to you know might as well check out the um, uh, might as well check out the, uh, the 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 new content yeah. and the new kid on the block, the new toy. Yeah, the new toy. Let's let's see if we can break it. And uh, we met inside. Uh, what was the name of that pub that we met? I, I like the what is it? The Busted Gut. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. You kept getting it wrong. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, yeah. "Where am I supposed to go?" And you the, kept telling me the wrong name. The Busted Face. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're busted meeting in the bust. Yeah, we're meeting in the Busted Gut. And- I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Now I'm going to throw this out there. You know, every single time you uh, you guys do uh, Dancing with Daggers stream, you always meet up in a pub. By now. The undaunted are probably like, yo, man, those guys, <laughs> yeah. those guys right over there, man, like, like they did crazy stuff over there, man. Like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Or Rob same. was over in the corner loudly bragging about how good looking his character was, and then I show up. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever I, it was so much fun. And I, I got to tag along, too. I had, yeah, I had a great time. I had a very well dressed orc. Yes, he had a very well dressed orc carrying and, a torch. And and see what's fun. <laughs> well, what's really fun about playing on the PTS is that um, you know you, you have the ability to make a templated level VR fourteen, and uh, 
but like I, you know, I discovered because I never looked at this before on the PTS. You can open up the crown store, and that they have things available on the crown store, and everything is one crown. So like, you can yeah. actually, oh, it was great. So you can actually test it out. And yeah. Like, okay, is this something that you know that, that I'm really going to want to you know invest in? And a lot of the times, I don't look at costumes very much in the game. It's like, okay, there's like one or two that I've actually bought on the live server. But after purchasing pretty much every costume that there was on the PTS and going through and actually looking at them, like, hey, this actually is pretty awesome. So, uh, so now I'm gonna have to find a way to you know make some more crowns. Um, but you know, we we did the whole meetup in a bar thing and. Um, you know, with that, you know, you know, we weren't going to get too incredibly drunk, you know, for for reasons completely unrelated to responsibility. Yes. Um, Liz showed up as Mistress LaBuxum. Yes, <laughs> Mistress LaBuxum. And Tim uh, followed me around everywhere. I wonder why. <laughs> and, and 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 of course, uh, whenever we make characters on the PTS, um, or at least templated characters, we always call it foe, and then whatever our main is. Mm-hmm. So. I made a faux Karis. Tim had faux Bagheera. Uh, let's see. Varwin, you were going to make a faux Evarwin, but you ended up not. Yeah, I came up with some crazy orc name that was dumb. But it worked. But, uh, you know, we we wanted to invite everybody in the chat room. Like, okay, hey, if, if you're on PTS, let's, let's see what this zone has to offer. And we sat around for a while. I mean, God, we sat around for, what, 45 minutes? And we ended up getting about 12 people that jumped in. See, that's and- the thing, though. With Dancing with Daggers, it's it's a pub crawl that goes wrong every week. Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine that. Remember that night, guys? Like, dear listener, you remember that night? You were hanging out. You are like, in college. And everyone's like, come on, man. Just show up to, you know, the, the chubby pot. Uh, <laughs> all right, cool. No problem. And, like, you guys, it's like, eight, you know, it's like 11 o'clock. You, all, you guys gather. And you're like, ah, oh, you know, I can't. I can't stay too long, guys. All right, rounds on me, you know. And then, like by by five thirty, six in the morning, you just sort of don't know what happened to your life. You're naked on the side of the road, trying to cover yourself up by <laughs> tall grass, and thinking, "I'm starting to sober up, but I'm not sure how I got here." Yeah. Oh my God, you remember that comedian Dennis? Somebody? It wasn't Dennis Leary. Dennis Miller, who did the five stages of drinking. That you uh, that? That, that that was Larry Miller. Larry Miller, thank you. Larry, it was Larry Miller who did that. <laughs> yeah. And One of yes. the best stand-ups ever. Yep. yep, five stages of drinking, six if you live in a trailer park. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, my God, and I was just thinking of that sketch, too, as Yvarwin's saying, you know, you're just sitting there thinking, right. you know, like, hey, I'm just going to relax, and I'm drinking with my friends, and, you know, a few hours later, you're like, we're driving to Florida! <laughs> 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 Drinking dreams, like let's open our bar and bar. Yeah. <laughs> hey, y'all, watch this! <laughs> oh my god, that, and that—that's that's really what it ended up turning into. But we we decided, okay, well, there's some public dungeons over here. Well, okay, not public dungeons, but there's some delves over here. Let's go check them out. Yeah, and we we go in there, and, and it's like the first one was just kind of mad. Okay, we ran in there. Uh, slaughtered everything that was in there. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then we ran to uh, another one that we saw on the map, and there was no stairs to, to get down, so everybody just suicided off this cliff. <laughs> <laughs> An act of surprise. That was the best part. They were like, oh my god, I died. That was a really long fall. Oh my god. Well, you got it. 
Yeah, you got it. You got it. I mean, just to say that doesn't really give the effect of really what happened. I mean, we're we're all standing like everyone. Like, how many people were in that group? Like eight <laughs> or nine? There's twelve. The, twelve. the group was full. It was full group. We're all standing like at at the edge of this cliff, looking down at it. Like, <laughs> how are we gonna get down there? And, and you know, we're new. We didn't realize that you know there's literally a ramp like you know five feet away on our left. But we're looking down like. <laughs> How are we going to get down there? And, like, out of nowhere, from the back of the group comes somebody. I'm not mentioning who. Uh, <laughs> just, like, does, like, a freaking ridiculous cannonball, like, off the cliff. <laughs> okay, yeah. seriously, we got to talk to your moms. You know, didn't, didn't your moms have that lecture with you? If all of your friends jumped off a bridge. <laughs> Would you Obviously do it? Obviously, it didn't sink in for any of you. <laughs> and then it's just a cascade of human digital persons just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you, you, you see, uh, you see the, you know, the, I guess the group or the raid boxes, the raid frames. Mm. They're all red, and then they just start turning black. <laughs> <laughs> like lights going out. Yeah, just like lights like going the out. Christmas are putting up the Christmas lights or something. Yeah, like, it, it looked like. like, like uh, yep. Tim's dead. Ray's dead. That Liz is dead. Barwin's dead. Oh, no, I'm dead. I'm glad. I'm <laughs> glad you called that out, Rob, because I got to tell you, it, it looked. It looked like all the tragic parts of a Jerry Bruckheimer military movie. Yeah, it did. Like, right there. Like, that's... <laughs> anyway. Uh, but, Rob, what was, else you got on this? But that that was fun. I mean, like, just going in, and uh, we ran that second delve, and that was uh, that was really it. But it's an extremely dark delve. I mean, like, I've seen some dark stuff in this game, but... Oh, man, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but... But Wicked Wolf was sad. Well, yeah, Wicked, <laughs> Wicked Wolf was sad. Very sad, and rightfully so. Um, but, oh my god, go run the Delves in or uh, in Rothgar when it comes out. Holy smokes. You that get was... the feeling that, you know, they Zoss is aware that their game is, re- is rated mature, and now they're just like, you know what? We're going to earn that rating. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're yeah, going to earn it. They are. All right, but, folks. Uh, uh, Mike, what about you? What did you do this this week? Uh, so for the past three weeks, uh, I've had done a little bit in ESO and in Skyrim. Uh, so for the challenge, I found uh, one of um, Baron's Eyes stones. Uh, it's one of three that I currently have. It was out of Ooh. the uh, the Felgo Keep because I'm doing the Mage's quest line. Um and uh, then in ESO, I've been doing a lot with the uh, ESO's uh, crafting writs because, you know, 15, 30 minutes, you can get a lot of them done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been working 12-hour days the last couple of weeks. So, you know, it's been nice to just log in, do a little bit, and log out. Uh, the main work that I've been doing uh, is on my DC tune, trying to get it up uh, to VR1, and that's Inderil, uh Zekneffen. Uh, and that's the Dark Elf that I brought to the Rosie Lion for that night of debauchery. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, hopefully by the end of this week here, I'll have uh, him into the VR. So that'll put me at three VRs. And then uh, we did Classic uh, last mm. Sunday, yeah. uh, you, me, and Mark. And we were joined by a large cohort of uh, our uh, fans and guild members. Uh, and we did three, um, the three factions in Cyrodiil all grouping together to look at the architecture. <laughs> <laughs> I've had so many compliments on that one that one episode because of how it started and then the, the insanity of where it was when it ended because we were in Cyrodiil. It, so much fun, that that episode. It really was. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was uh, you know, an amazing thing that nobody died. 
even though, you know, poor Bagheera kept getting uh, slapped around. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we ha- I think we also had... Also, showing up everywhere you guys were. That was yeah. the best. That he has magic great. in Cyrodiel or something. Yeah, like, like, sitting like, there in a chair waiting for us. He's, he's got dev tools. That's what it is. He's got dev tools. Dude, he almost got shot when we got to that uh, <laughs> Lips and Tarn there. Because we weren't expecting him to be there and didn't know that he, it was him. And like everybody pulls up, jumps off the horses, like, oh my God, there's an EP guy here. Yeah. We're like, whoa, wait, hold on. Oh, it's, it, okay. <laughs> oh, it's cool. He's one of us, guys. So. Oh, yeah. So uh, go ahead, Mike. What else you got? Uh, and then I've been uh, in uh, Falscar. So I've been uh, working on, uh, in, on finishing up that mod. Uh, that thing's huge. It's a DLC-sized mod for those that haven't played it yet. Mm. Uh, you find yourself transported to the island of Falskar uh, using a portal near a cave, or using a portal in a cave near Riften, and uh, it's somewhere north of Skyrim in the Sea of Ghosts. And uh, you go through, and there, you, you, there's a whole storyline with it, and a, uh, its own little like civil war brewing on the island. And you've got to save the island, and. Uh, you know, it's it's really well done, really good mod, uh, and hopefully it's the first of many of those type of mods to come out. Uh, the only thing I would say, though, is I haven't found enough merchants on the island because it's packed full of stuff, and you end up having to take a boat back to uh, um, to sell stuff a lot of times. Uh, so I've been using amazing follower tweaks, and I brought three pack mules with me just to leave in town. Oh, there you so go. So that I could just you know load them up and you know, bring them back to Skyrim when I when I'm full. That's one way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, lastly, in anticipation of more like Falscar, I've been trying to work through uh, Mod Organizer. I know Rob and Liz both use it. Mm-hmm. I use and, it too. Uh, oh, okay, cool. It's awesome. Uh, so I've been trying to work through that. You know, and as a large um, um, Steam user, I've had to go back and see if I can find mods on um, Nexus or import them in from steam and gopher has a wonderful series yeah uh, showing how to do all of this so if you've not heard of mod organizer take a look at it um it's you know game changing for skyrim it really is i i agree with that 110 percent you know i i downloaded mod organizer um as well because i wanted to get i'm kind of sick and tired of of missing out on all these awesome mods for skyrim and now that I've kind of you know have dabbled a little bit at least into uh, some of the el- the older Elder Scrolls games, I'm looking to come back into Skyrim, which I have done in in a big way. Um, and I, I downloaded Mod Organizer, and I'm I'm very uh, I took the tutorial. There's a tutorial available, and I'm very happy with it. You know, I I just uh, subscribed to uh, the Forgotten City, which is a huge huge uh, huge mod, and. Uh, it installed flawlessly using Mod Organizer. Yeah, the thing that prompted me on this is, you know, there's been a lot of uh, Twitter action from uh, Skywind and um, the Oblivion version. Um, I can't remember it right now, but uh, I'm figuring those things are going to be something you want to play with Mod Organizer because yeah. you can load up a character using those mods, uh, and then if you just want to go back to vanilla, you can just, you know, turn them off and use a different character versus having them always running in the background using the steam engine, if it's even available to put on your steam engine. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've been doing quite a bit. Um, number one, the challenge that I did this week was, uh, survive the arena with a dead is dead character in oblivion. Uh, sadly, my level three Khajiit only made it to the second match. <laughs> <laughs> so, sad. 
So sad. Uh, I was using a bow and arrow and flare destruction spell. I almost won, but uh, that one match. But uh, alas, it was not in the cards. Um, let's touch on Skyrim here. I I finished the the Civil War quest, and I started the Dovahkiin quest chain. Uh, my experience with these uh, these quests in Skyrim are like really. It, it's funny when you when you play. For me, anyway. Um, it's funny when I play these quests because my experiences with those quests are just so closely tied to the beginning of Skyrim off the record that like, I remember playing these quests for the first time and talking about them for the first time that it's almost like replaying the podcast episode as I'm replaying the quest too. So it's, it gives me Skyrim's at that point for me where now it gives me such a wonderful sense of nostalgia while yes. I play it. And, and I love it. Um, I got myself into Blackreach, and now nice. I'm looking for uh, an Elder Scroll through Alftand. That's where I'm at right now. Alftand is amazing. Uh, the journey through through those Dwimmer ruins of Alftand and into Blackreach is utterly epic. It represents probably some of the best dungeon design I've ever seen in my life. It's it's incredible. Um, so also my my uh, <laughs> and I got also on a side note my dungeon diary for Skyrim has has taken a on a story based character perspective a diary for some <laughs> yeah. reason it's just so, easier. So when I suggested that a month ago and you were like oh I don't know if I want to do that it, it, it's the seed that was planted. <laughs> it was it really was you know it, it always seemed to me like it was for Skyrim. It was always easier to to do the diary in a first person perspective sort of way versus in Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I'm not sure why that is. I haven't really explored that just yet, but uh, I love it. It's it's great. Every time I play Skyrim, like I got my little diary sitting next to me on my <laughs> on my second monitor, and I'm like, uh, four score seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's great. Um, and then, uh, of course, in Elder Scrolls Online, um, I uh, started up a new Dragon Knight on the Daggerfall Covenant. He's, uh, his name is Paladin Marlowe. Uh, heavy armor, sword and shield with earth and heart abilities. Um, I, I wanted to see the DC side from start to finish and quest as a sword and shield character in ESO. Uh, many don't do that, and I certainly you know, have not done that with a Varwin because you know, it takes longer to play the game that way. Um, but I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the class. I'm taking my time with it. Also, I've taken up provisioning, enchanting, and alchemy seriously on that character. Uh, downloaded sous chef, and um, I've basically started scouring for recipes. Then looting and crafting uh, it, the ingredients I get that are for those recipes. So that's kind of how I'm handling how I'm progressing those professions with the limited bag space that i have and it's working out pretty well for me <laughs> just uh you know now that you got sous chef there go fishing get all of your fish that together that you have and get uh the fishy stick uh recipe mm -hmm. set it to craft all and then go to sleep yep. okay <laughs> a thousand fish sticks later you'll be a, 50, a level 50 cra uh provisioner oh all right <laughs> and maybe you'll have some perfect row along the way oh that's a good, that's a good tip <laughs> It's very funny. Like if you see me on for hours and you, you know, try and contact me and like, you don't get a return. That's yeah. probably what's happened is I'm on my provisioner character and I've left the room just letting uh sous chef do its job mm. crafting, you know, five, 600 pieces of recipe that I've collected in my bag space is too full. 
Um, so that's, that's it for me. Uh, Zephan, what about you? What have you been doing in game lately? A lot. <laughs> yeah. Been doing a lot. Uh, well, obviously I've been playing Orsinium. Uh, no spoilers or anything like that. I will say, um, that you guys have to play this. It's fantastic. It's gorgeous. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's a lot of solo play and I have been playing completely solo. Had, haven't done any groups or anything yet. Um, but it is so much fun. Um, now, uh, other than that, I've been doing a lot of dungeons. Surprise, I know. No. But uh, um, I did uh, a lot of the daily pledges with Avaro and Liz and Sanaj. Oh, yeah. um, so thank you very much for uh, bringing me along and sure. helping me out with that. Of course. <laughs> uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, also completed Veteran White Gold Tower for the first oh, time nice. with my Nightblade. Wow. Uh, and I did that with uh, Holy Diver, Dirt Poor, and River Song. So a little shout out to the Kings and Thieves Guild. You guys yeah. are fantastic. Yeah, they're um, really good. Uh, I've run with them a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I have they're to really say nice. that uh, yeah, Holy has taught me a tremendous amount. Um, he's, he's really upped my game, you know, by challenging me quite a bit. Remember the first day I met him, he took me into uh, Dragon Star Arena and we two manned it. Uh, I think we got to like stage five. Nice. Um, wow. And yeah, he just—he's—he's he's a really good guy and, and a fantastic leader. Um, but uh, you know, on on the uh, pledges, I got on one day and unfortunately none of my friends were on. But uh, waited for two hours trying to find a healer to do the gold pledge. Where the heck were you, Liz? <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> Two hours. So I finally you don't got a need healer. A healer. <laughs> finally got a healer for it. We were like, "Yes, we got one." Because you know, it had a couple other guys with me, and we got into it. And uh, halfway through the dungeon in uh, Darkshade Caverns, uh, we end up wiping on Grubel, You know, the big Netch guy. Uh-huh. And uh, we're like, uh, "Well, you know, we almost had him. No big deal. We're just." pick ourselves back up we go to attack him again and we could not initiate combat mm. just gonna he just completely bugged out oh yeah so we're like all right well we're just gonna have to restart we're gonna have to restart the dungeon and just you know go through it again so we go to do that we all get out we go to you know regroup and everything healer just leaves us hanging oh. <laughs> Come on. And I was like, anybody else could have left and I would have been okay. But the healer left and that was about bang head against the wall moment. That uh <laughs> yeah, you're you're lost adrift in the water now. Yeah, yeah. So I, again, shout out to Holy. He ended up coming in and, and saving us and he healed us through it and uh we, we were able to finish it. But man, it's rough. You know, so uh uh, now, I did make a new um, DC character. Um, I ended up having to delete one of my eight characters because uh, one of them had the hair part on the wrong side. So I figured, well, <laughs> where did I get? <laughs> we feel your pain. That feels like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I got rid of him and made a, a DC uh, Dragonite character. Got him up to level 25. Nice. Uh, and uh, went with Liz. We two-manned Spindle Clutch. Um, uh, yeah, we had, we had one wipe on the last boss, but other than that, it went really smooth. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we did good. Liz is a good healer. She is also, a good healer. She's she's awesome. Fantastic healer. Yeah. Um, I upgraded all of my gear. 
um, on my uh, Veteran 16 tank. So he all has he has uh, all Veteran 16 gear now. That was a tremendous amount of work. I'm sure you guys know. Oh yeah, yeah. Getting getting farming all those mats is is uh, is quite the time sink. Oh, it is. It's yeah. crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And you know, I was thinking about the uh, the Ritz because I've been doing a lot of Ritz too. Mm. And I'm thinking, well, right now your max Ritz, you're doing you know all of your void stuff like your you know uh, ingots and cloth and all that. Yeah, the void steel. Yeah, but not your uh, rubidite. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. But I'm thinking like, okay, well, further down, you know, down the line of the game, is it always just going to be Max at Void or are they going to do Rubidite? And if they do Rubidite, am I going to have to make like Veteran 16 stuff? God, I hope not. I wouldn't think so because you can pretty much make any level on the uh, well, the Void. But. Probably uh, it depends on, on what they do with the drop rates. You know, if they start offering Rubidite as, you know, a farmable node. Which so, they are. Right. I mean... The only thing, though, is that Rubidite as a farmable node is only going to be available in Rothgar. Yeah. So, yes. you know, it makes it impossible for people to get if they don't have the DLCs, which takes crafting away from a whole broad range of people then. Well, hopefully they don't approach it in that in that way. Hopefully what they do is they, they you know, offer it elsewhere as, as well. That well, would be the hope, yeah. It's offerable, you know, it, it comes in drops and stuff like that. I mean, you could de- deconstruct I, it, but if it's for Ritz, oh. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought, exactly. I thought that, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, you know, I might just be, you know, like imagining this, but I thought I heard uh, or, or read in the patch notes that for, for Rubidite, that it's mainly going to be found in Rothgar, but there's like a very small chance you might get some out in the other zones. I don't know if like if that's true, but for some reason I'm recalling that. Yeah. Uh, that's possible. Look, I'm gonna have to look that up. Like like it was probably like a one percent chance that if you go to mine an iron node, then you might get like one rubidite. Um you know what I gotta I gotta do this. I'm very, very sorry, folks. Um but uh Liz, I gotta ask you to just kinda, you know, take uh take the lead of the show for about uh two or three minutes. <laughs> oh god. Otherwise uh there's gonna be a mess uh somewhere located by my by my feet. So <laughs> uh, too much coffee. Yeah. I told you to indeed. go before we left. You know that that kinda <laughs> happened, but <laughs> Uh, hey, it happens. I, you know, I'm 35 now, so I guess this is a thing I got to put up with. Go, go, go! <laughs> so, uh, without any further ado, Liz, please keep it rolling for me. I'll be right back. All right, everybody, take your pants off. What? I'm done. I, I already did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, my pants are gone. So, okay, uh, my question is this: is that you said there's a one percent chance of rubidite on an iron thing? That would actually suck if you were rolling a new character. You don't have that much bank space, and then you get right. all the stuff you can't use for, you know, whatever fifty plus sixteen, <laughs> so sixty six levels. Well, uh, I mean, and, and and like I said, I mean, like that could totally be wrong. But for some reason, I'm I'm recalling that for for some reason. So I'm I'm trying to find the PTS uh, patch notes. Just so uh, I can, you know, set my own record straight. If I did, in fact, give the wrong info, I don't know. That, I'd, I'd love to see it the way they're doing in Craiglorn right now, where if you go in as a VR one, you're going to get, um, is it calcinium? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and then if, yeah, like depending on which VR level you are when you enter um, Craiglorn, will determine what nodes are out there. Well, it's going to uh, be based on your crafting what, level. Well, or, it also or, like. Or, um, or, 
like uh, right now, like I've got a, a VR8 um, EP guy and my VR16 AD guy, and like I can't steal uh, Void Cloth or um, the Void Steel on my VR8 because I'm only getting mahogany and um, the the lo- the that level uh, crafting whatever gear the, whatever it is yeah, yeah. and the, the gear itself at that level. So, uh, but his crafting level is high enough that he's supposed to be using the end tier products for yeah. all of his things. So maybe they'll do something like that. That uh, if they upgrade, if they're going to require Ruby Rubyite there, that they'll upgrade so that if you're a VR16 in Craglorn, that those nodes and that equipment will be available for stealing or harvesting. I kind of wish yeah, they did that in Cyrodiil because I'm tired of seeing Ebony stuff when with my VR16 or yeah. 14 back when I was doing it. You know. Yeah, I was like, well, I don't need to do that because my bags are full. Okay, Zephyr, you were saying something? I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I was just saying that, um, yeah, they, they are doing leveling nodes in there, So, but they're basing it off of your crafting level. So if you're really low crafting level, then you're just going to get, like, the, the lower um, crafting materials, which, you know, I mean, for me, it's it's kind of a bummer because my higher level characters are not max crafting. So the nodes I'm going to be picking up are going to be for the lower levels. My crafting character is um, Veteran 8, so, you know, that character can obviously pick up the, the max crafting stuff, um, materials. Um, so I'm going to have to take that character in there to, to farm all the stuff. Yeah. Oh, you know, but you have, you have several, uh, over a hundred unspent points. I do. So <laughs> you, you can put those in crafting. I, I'm, I'm just saying, man. Uh, yeah. There's a room. I'm <laughs> more um, so speaking about other people, not, not okay. necessarily myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So does everyone have their pants back on yet? I, I no. No. thought I heard no, that when not. I left. I will not. <laughs> although although I did find the statement in the patch notes where, where I got this uh, this info. Okay, uh, I guess someone for the. I guess uh, someone needs to catch me up. What are we talking about, guys? <laughs> um, Your pants. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're talking about the uh, the crafting and uh, how, you know, like where where you can get rubidite. Oh, and, okay. And and the other, uh, you know, the other materials. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, it says that uh, you know raw materials in Rothgar um, will be uh, you know based on what your crafting level is in blacksmithing, woodworking, and clothing. Um, but hmm. it does say here that if your trade skill mastery is sufficient to work in Rubidite, Ruby Ashwood, or Ancestor Silk, you will have a chance at encountering them in the world. So, I don't know if it's like... It, does, it doesn't specifically say like 1%. That was just an arbitrary number I threw out. But I think that, that is where... Uh, this statement is where I, I, I got that information. It's kind of vague, so... Um, you know, hopefully might be able to get a little bit of clarification on that, but that is how I took that. Yeah. Okay. Um, gee, I don't really know what the, uh, what the right answer here is in regards to Rubidite and, and crafting writs and, and whatnot. I mean, um, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I, I kind of, I, I do foresee what you're talking about. Like, you know, um, I do see the, the issue that you're, you're talking about here and, you know, as a, as a high level blacksmither myself, uh, you know, going forward, when we have new things that are added to uh, to craft with, you know, how is Rubidite going to be handled? And and I think uh, treading treading carefully might be uh, might be something that Zosh should should be doing in in regards to going forward with that because you know uh, 
it's, it's definitely going to be sensitive. And also, I know they're saying that they are trying to take away VR 16. You know, they're trying to take away the VR levels, trying to take the VR levels out. You know, how is that going to do uh, to affect crafting going forward too? Very, very interesting. Yeah, topics. I still think that they should not have to take them away. I, I don't see the point anymore. I mean, don't at first people it. were bitch. Yeah, just, yeah. just let it go. I was thinking that myself. You know, at I don't this think point, really just, have a problem with it, honestly. I, you know, Liz, I gotta admit, I think you're right on that. I oh really, my god! I really you don't think admit the right thing. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. think people do have a problem with with the veteran ranks anymore. I think they they've sort of corrected it, but yeah, that was an early knee jerk reaction um, to by the players. Yeah, uh, if, if they we were, hate this. If they were to remove it, though, I think I think the way to to kind of to kind of remove it would be to uh, find find a power that. Well, I don't want to say anything about it because I, I really haven't thought too deeply on it. I, I had a, an idea that occurred to me. I can barely remember it now. Some about a week ago, and we'll just leave it where it is. But in any event, um, gameplay. Are we are we still on gameplay? This hasn't talked about gameplay yet. Yeah, we haven't. Go ahead, Liz. Me? Yeah. What'd you do? Oh, most of my gameplay has been with you guys. Um, I made my new DC character, and um, <laughs> mostly anything else that that's ESO related uh, has been for the the parodies, uploading them. Uh, Liz, Liz, I believe you did something of epic nature. When? With me, yes. Really. <laughs> okay, I'm not talking about that one night. I'm talking about the other oh, night. oh, 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 yeah. wow, <laughs> the rosy lion night. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this is a family. Actually, was show. that you? No, that was Wicked Wolf and the rosy. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was two parties. There was the one going oh, on downstairs, and there was the one going on upstairs. How you doing? Yeah, Liz, I, I'm talking about something that has to do with a veteran dungeon. Oh, oh, you mean that the city of Ash? Yeah, and I and I got through it, and um, I didn't fall asleep at the end. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're making fun of me or not. Yes, I'm totally <laughs> making fun of you. <laughs> Narcoleptic tank. Where do you think you got the? <laughs> <laughs> we got to wrap yeah. this show up, guys. I'm starting to fall asleep. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> there were there were some times you've been you've been so busy, and I and you know I'm just teasing, obviously, but. It's so many times we'd be like, okay, we're finishing this off. We're finishing it. Hey, Varwin, what? What? And no answer. None. No answer. Done. 10, 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden, hey, God. Like, really loud. <laughs> I'm sorry. I fell asleep. Like, he fell asleep on his microphone. It was hysterical every time. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. And so we thought that when he was asleep, we could, like, talk into his ear. You know, he could hear it in his earphones and we'd send him uh, bad messages or something. Just to give him nightmares, that would be funny. Oh, so is that the reason why I assassinated the uh, prominent member of a third world country? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good job, Liz. Oh, Zeppelin. No, it wasn't me! <laughs> um, one of my favorite activities to do in ESO is when someone goes AFK or falls asleep at the keyboard. Um, <laughs> I, I love the emote system. I love the emote system. <laughs> good stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, City of yeah, Ash. That's, that's why the Vice Squad had to be called in. <laughs> yeah, um, I went into City of Ash with with Holy Divers group, and you know Zeph and I thought it was a pity invite because I'd been you know er, 
every time I see him online, he's like, I'm in City of Ash. Why aren't you taking me with you? Oh, sorry, I'm already there. I'm home farming. <laughs> um, so I thought, maybe, okay, he's just giving me a, the pity run through so I can finally get the achievement and shut up. And they did that, and Holy Timer said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have you change your build, but let me tell you, tell me what's on there, and maybe I can make suggestions. And he's a really good, like, he knows what he's doing, he's patient, he explains things very, very well. But that didn't end too, too good for me, because I'm, I'm a creature of habit. Um, I, I don't react well to change, and from what I'm doing, um, I think it works. I mean, you know, we'll wipe every once in a while. Sometimes, sometimes more than others, but you know, I'm not used to changing. So he had me change up a couple things that didn't work, and I went back to my normal setup. And then we kind of breezed through it. They they knew what they were doing. I could, I really could have just stayed back. Really, I was almost a hazard in the way. Yeah, there's three. Just, I could have <laughs> oh, stayed at the beginning. Right, as as you're healing everyone, keeping the party alive. Yeah, barely because they're also healing as well. I mean, because well, they've also got up here. I'm not. By the way, I listened to that episode where you said that that was my quote. I've never said that ever, <laughs> ever. And then you said, "No, this is this." Yeah, so I was gotta put words in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was it. So yeah, I just watch his F and play, and I'm like, "Well, how do you know?" He gives me advice on different bosses and stuff, which I never pay attention to. I don't have to. I'm healing. Um, and <laughs> I don't. I just watch your health bars, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> And then I've got the add-ons that say, hey, cleanse now. Okay, I'm cleansing. That's what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> that's all I really need. And so he's telling me all about the bosses or telling another DPS about the bosses. And he, then he, he reveals that he does these dungeons all by himself. And then he explained, <laughs> well, I don't always. And what do you mean? Well, it, well, you know that one? I don't know if it's Elgin Hollow or Fungo Grotto or which one. The one with the giant spider lady. He was like, well, I can't do that one because you get sucked in and then the, then the game stops. <clears throat> or the, oh. the fight stops. Yeah, that Fungal Grotto, it, it can't be soloed. But he's done everything else solo, and I'm like, why am I even here? Anyway. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, very, very nice uh, gameplay section. Um, we still have plenty of more show to go. Uh, Tamriel's Rumors is, uh, is coming up, as well as a very sizable update for the ESOTR guilds and your emails. Uh, but first, we're going to get into those rumors, those rumors, folks, right after this. Oh, my God, Becky. Did you hear what Yorun just did? <laughs> Poppycock. <laughs> Whatever. All right, folks. So, so uh, we've got a little bit of a merging of the worlds, so to speak. Uh, recently, Bethesda announced the creation kit, if you remember from Skyrim, is coming to Fallout 4 early next year. The following sentence made me nearly jump out of my chair. Quote, you'll be able to create your own mods and share them with others. Especially excited for these same mods are coming to Xbox One and then PlayStation 4, end quote. Bethesda also announced a $30 season pass where all of their DLC for Fallout 4 will be yours for a single one-time price. Now, why are we talking about, you know, Fallout 4 stuff on an Elder Scrolls show? Uh, well, simply put, because uh, whenever whenever Bethesda does something for Elder Scrolls, you usually see it pop up in Fallout. Whenever Bethesda does something for Fallout, 
I uh, see it pop up in Elder Scrolls. And if we had these sorts of things um, pop up in Elder Scrolls 6, well then, my goodness, would that not be uh, something to, to rejoice over? So uh, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's head over to this, okay? The question is, do you think Bethesda will do the same stuff here for Elder Scrolls Six in regards to mods made, made by the creation kit coming to the consoles? And then this idea of the season pass. Rob, what do you think? Well, for the, uh, the, the creation kit, um, I think that that is absolutely great. Um, and even better so that that they're finally moving the mod capability to the consoles. Because, to be perfectly honest, um, I, for this very reason, is why I refuse to touch an Elder Scrolls game on a console. Yeah. I just, I, I don't. Um, and it's because what is what makes the Elder Scrolls and Fallout games so great, or, you know, pretty much, it, you know, any of the games that Bethesda puts out because they allow for that that freedom to alter the game to your liking. And you can't do that with a console. So I'm not exactly sure how they're going to get this to work, but I certainly hope they do. Um, and if it works as well as they, they say it's going to, then welcome to the club consoles because you're going to play these games in a way that you've never seen. Yeah. Um, it, well... You're not going to get as much customization, obviously. I mean, There's <laughs> just programs you don't have for well, right. whatever reason. Um, but the, I can I can imagine small add-on more no, more add-on than than uh, mod, really. Right. Yeah. But um, you know, as far as you know, like how that's going to be executed, it still remains to be seen. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see exactly how it works. Uh, regarding the the thirty dollars season pass, um, you know it it really depends on if that is a a good value. Um, that there, or, or that really depends on how how much DLC that they actually have for Fallout. Yeah, well, they did say that uh, as it stands right now, they're not sure with Fallout Four uh, what kind of DLC they are going to be releasing, but they they are certain with what they have so far that what they have right now is going to be worth about forty dollars in total, and they're charging thirty for the season pass, and they know that they're going to be making more. So if they stick with that, that their their DLC is, I mean, they charge one one low one price, and then they they just come out with a whole bunch of DLC. You know that that could that could very very well work. But you know the issue is that, you know how how does the consumer, in an age where we're constantly being burned by broken promises by video game companies, put their faith in Bethesda that they're going to come out with at least at least $30 or more of DLC uh, post post the uh, post game's launch. How, how can we be sure of that? And the answer is you just can't. You just have to trust them. You just got to say, here's my 30 bucks. You better damn well make it <coughs> worth it. And you want to see at least two DLC come out. At, yeah. at least. Yeah, at least. At, at least. least. Yeah, at least. Well, I mean, 30 to, you know, you figure if you look at Skyrim, I mean, the two main ones, not including, you know, the the weasel one, you know, were about fifteen dollars a piece. Yeah. So Well the way to guarantee it is to make the DLC before the game comes out as well. Oh, first day DLC though. <laughs> that, that that's a whole can of, you know That uh, is a whole can of worms, but it, big, it doesn't yeah. have to be first day DLC. 
but it should you know they can roll it out this is this is common industry practice at this point anyway where the gamers are aware of it or not you know they 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 build the game they go to ship the game and then as they're as they're getting things ready to ship the game and putting the finer points on on the game they're planning out their dlc yeah you know i I mean, between planning it before the game comes out, I remember that with Dragon Age uh, at the at the preview event, uh, Mike Laidlaw was already talking about the DLC, and so yeah, it's planned before. Yeah. Oh yeah, but you know, first day DLC always for me sticks in my cry is like, you know, here's the game. Oh, you know, this is this is more content that should that could have been in the ship type of thing, and it's like I understand that they have to go to boxing way before. You know, they're before you even get a hold of it. So you know, it's been a month or two that they've had to work on DLC. But it always give me a month at least yeah. before you you give me the DLC. Otherwise, it's it, your it problem feels, is just the timing of it. Okay. Yeah. It, otherwise, it feels like you know. Yeah. We shipped you an incomplete game, yeah. and now we're making you pay for the patch to fi- to finish it. I agree. Right. Yeah. First and Monovan chat room saying first day DLC is bad. It is bad. It absolutely is bad. Um, what what I think in regards to something like that should happen is honestly, if you're gonna re- if you're bold enough to release DLC on the first day that your game is released, be bold enough to give it to me for free. Yep. How about that? You know, yeah. just just make it downloadable. I don't have to buy it from the store. I can buy your game, go on to PlayStation Four, play the game, and download the DLC. There Otherwise, give me a month. You know, yeah. What's it gonna? Is it gonna kill you to get my fifteen dollars a month later? Yeah. Anyway, um, just just to get back on topic here, uh, and then before we quickly move, um, geez, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I sort of forgot my point here. But thirty dollars season pass, okay, for for the DLC coming to Fallout Four, as well as uh, mods, mods for the console. That's what's exciting about this is mods coming to the console for fallout 4 possibly being a thing for elder scrolls 6 simply because it is bethesda um yes totally totally stoked about that zephan what do you think i think they're absolutely going to continue doing the creation kit um moving on to consoles uh i mean why wouldn't they and i think if they do run into any issues which they more than likely will um, with Fallout 4, that just gives them extra time to tweak it for when Elder Scrolls 6 comes out. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's just going to roll on through. Now, as far as the whole uh, $30 season pass, um, I, I also think that's going to continue on with uh, Test 6. Um, you know, when you look at past games and how many DLCs that uh, come out with and what they generally charge for, you can easily see that it's it's a fair deal, and you know I mean it's not a, a great deal, but it's it's good enough to buy. I think it's right at that good price point. I think if they charge more for it, a lot of people won't go for it. If they charge less for it, I think they'd be losing out on money. Uh, Mike and then Liz. Uh, so the one thing with the um, the creation kit there is um, really are the the consoles going to be able to handle it? You know, you got to figure that there's going to be a lot of downloaded content, and I don't, you know, I don't know as to how expensive it is to upgrade your uh, current hard drives uh, to increase the amount of capacity. And then, you know, hopefully they don't do the move of trying to monetize 
you know, independent uh, creators uh, stuff just because, oh, you know, we're hosting it on Xbox or PlayStation Network. That uh, if you want to download this DLC or this uh, person's mod, it's going to be, you know, X number of dollars. Kind of like the controversy that Steam had, you know. Yeah. yeah. Six months or so ago. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Liz? DLC? No, uh, no, no, not DLC. Um, uh, mods coming to console and uh, possibly season passes for for uh, Elder Scrolls Six. Season passes, all right. I don't care. Um, <laughs> that that sounds fun with me. Um, the 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 mods. I I don't know how. I don't know how they're going to be able to do that. Well, uh, I, I'm I'm like a jealous on that. Where I'm just flabbergasted. I I, I can't see a way that this could. Hap- First of all, happen. I, I, that's technology I don't understand. Second of all, um, I don't know how how broad the the what is it called the creation kit is going to be. I, what all can you do with it? Because you've seen mods out there. I mean, it requires a lot of other programs, say yeah. Photoshop, and you know, we're going to have to see things. how this is implemented with Fallout Four for sure. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, as it is right now, you gotta you gotta when you make a mod, you have to. You know the file extension .esm uh, means it goes it goes into you know goes it's usable for for the the PC, but you know when it comes to uh, the consoles, you know they all have their own different programming languages, yeah. so it would have yeah. to be saved as a completely different file extension at the very least. I remember Xbox 360's programming language was NTSC. Uh, you know, trying to make uh, and that that means trying to make uh, a game for for that console. It's got to be NTSC compliant. How do you do that when you're building a mod for the PC on the PC, and then you want to offer it on the consoles as well? It's 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 very interesting how they and they're they're talking about this as if it's cemented in stone. Like, yeah, we're like we're able to do this, and very interesting. How what's going to happen when somebody makes a, a copyrighted uh, DLC? Wow. Or not DLC mod. What what happens if somebody you know? Well, it does wants to go, make a Mickey Mouse mod or something. I, I'll tell you right now, it's going to have to go through, um, and that's going to take forever. It's going to have to go through the approval process for Microsoft and Sony. It's going it's yeah. to have to. Five years later, you're going to be able to see your mod on there. Uh, no, yeah. it just won't go on the store if that's the case. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just it's not even going to appear. It's that simple. And, no, I meant yep. all mods were going to are going to take five months to well, or yeah. five years to get out. Yep, yep, makes a good point. We're not going to see any graphics mods on there because yeah, that's what their I'm systems can't handle, you yeah. know, high def and you know EMBs and stuff like that. Right. Mm. All right. Um, good rumor section, guys. Uh, off to off to our mail section, and a little love letter from the guild. I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Big news coming from the ESOTR Guild front. Uh, let me let me be the first to, to say uh, that Akatosh, Meridia, and Stendar are no more. We now are ESOTR on the North American servers. Um, if you are part of those guilds, we are holding on to them for just a little while longer. Uh, please, we're asking you to leave the guild and send a message uh, to either myself or Zephin, Mike, Rob, Liz, 
uh, in-game, and we will invite you to ESOTR. Uh, also, you can message on Twitter, at ESOTR Guilds. We'll get you in as well from there with, uh, of course, due time. Um, the big question, though, is, I know it comes as kind of, maybe it maybe it comes as kind of a shock. Uh, this is something that we've talked about for, for a while, though, doing this. It just made sense from a lot of different angles. Um, Rob, I mean, for the people that are asking, why, why did you merge these guilds? Like, why bother? Why? That sounds so stupid. Why would you do that? Well, the, the main reason for, uh, for merging the guilds, uh, th- this was something that had come up in conversation several times. Um, you know, I mean, you know, kind of behind closed doors. Um, when, when the guild was first created, when the game launched, all right, we, we ultimately ended up making four guilds based on the amount of participation that we were expecting uh, new players to ESO uh, were going to join. Um, We had chosen one faction uh, because of a vote, and over time, um, that's what the plan was. When the game actually launched, we filled up one, which was Akatosh, um, and not even half of the second one. So we got less than half of the actual, you know, guild participation uh, that we had seen on uh, whatever guild site it was that we had uh, set up. Oh, yeah, that people signed up for. Yeah, people signed up for. Like, before ESO launched, and we had created the Elder Scrolls Off the Record guild for ESO, we had over 2,000 people state they wanted to be a part of it. So, since the game only was going to allow us to have 500 slots per guild, that meant that we had to have four guilds. Um, You know, and then when the game actually launched, we filled up one and part of the second. Um, Fast forward a little bit, you know, uh, I think uh, some of the support uh, for, you know, playing the Aldmeri Dominion had kind of shifted a little bit. Um, Requests were put out for the other two factions to have their own guilds as well. Um, So we opened those up. At the time, it's because there were a lot of people that wanted to be part of these you know, these guilds. Now that, you know, the game has been out for more than 18 months, um, basically, the honeymoon phase is over. Uh, I'm just going to rip that band-aid off right there. Um, And all three of these guilds, at most, had maybe 30 people on on a busy evening. So what we decided to do was, rather than be, you know, faction specific we were just going to unite all the guilds under one banner that technically is not necessarily factionless but is for all of the factions yeah and that's mainly why we did it back to the original intent and and and, you know of course obviously the story is different when you want to have a um a pvp throwdown but but you know is it really i mean we've we've been we've had We've been in Cyrodiil with guild members of different factions already. You know, we did it for Classic. Yes. And it was fun. You know, we had to watch where we were, you know, throwing our um, throwing our spells and whatnot. And, and, of course, you know, it was very difficult to uh, to watch our AoEs. But, you know, we did it. it, it and, and the fact is, is right now we've got so much more guild participation. Like, the guild actually feels alive. Versus before... We didn't have that. 
because we had like this weird segmented sort of tucked away pockets of of just like guild members it's kind of how it felt after a while it just felt like it was just pockets of guild members now we're all in one place we're sharing one chat we're sharing one banner um, and it, it feels good. It feels very, very nice. And communication is far more streamlined. It's far more effective. The leaders of those other guilds are now leaders in this guild too. So people still know who to go to, who to talk to. So um, it's it's far more efficient and it's become a lot of fun. So uh, ESOTR is the name of the guild on the North American server for the PC. And fret not folks, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One are still going on. Uh, I am the guild leader of the PlayStation 4 ESOTR guild. Uh, you can send a uh, request in-game to Rojas1096, that is R-O-J-A-S-1096. And I opened up a PlayStation Network community called ESOTR Fan Podcast Community. Just search for my my gamer tag, R-O-J-A-S-1096, that's Rojas1096. And you can you can easily join from there. Um, I don't know of any other way to search for a a PlayStation Network community, a specific one. Uh, that's one way of doing it. But uh, if you do know of another way, again, it's called ESOTR Fan Podcast Community, and it's just a way of being able to you know link up with um, other other community members and and you know talk and not have to worry about area chat and all that. Uh, joining for Xbox One is still is still the same. It's Jones W sixty sixty seven. Jones W sixty seven. All right. Um, this week in Tamrielic holidays, right, Mike? Yep. Dirij Terer, the fifth of Frostfall marks Dirij Terer. I hope I said that right. I don't know. For the people of the Alakir Desert, <laughs> it's a sacred day honoring. The Frandar Hun, the traditional spirit leader of the Red Guards, who led them to Hammerfall in the First Era. Stories are read from Hun's Book of Circles, and the temples in the region are filled to capacity. On the 8th of Frostfall, this is the summoning day for Malakath, the Daedric Prince whose sphere is the patronage of the spurned, ostracized, and the keeper of the sworn oath and the bloody curse. He is the patron of the Orsimer. So those are the two holidays uh, for the beginning part of uh, the month here. All right. And uh, without further ado, we have the Two Moons Horoscope. So, Frostfall the 11th. Today, Master sleeps and Secunda follows, for tomorrow both shall sleep together. The common breed, known as the Sate Rath, are today's litter. Maybe you will be anything but common. The wild Debella opposes Magnus today, which could trigger arguments with others and upset your plans. Joy comes to those who, this day, find entertainment and enjoyment wherever they call home. <laughs> Mike, where do you get this? Uh, so, I have a, a spreadsheet, because Master and Secunda are off by a couple of days, like they don't have the same period yeah. uh, of their um, their cycling. And so I have it listed for like the whole you know year worth of... If, you know, we start with one being a new moon or full moon and, you know, how do you cycle around it? Um, and then uh, I also look at like traditional, like, you know, our horoscopes and try and correspond like, okay, Magnus is the sun and, uh, um, was it Jupiter is Akatosh and, you know, 
Wait, what? you do these your own? He does this. Oh, his yeah. own, he doesn't get this from anywhere. He doesn't copy and paste this. He writes this You're himself. You're kidding me. No. No. And then, like, I go to UESP and find out, okay, what's being born? Uh, you know, what kind of Khajiit are being born when for each of Master and Secunda's uh, different phases? <laughs> you nerd! But awesome! <laughs> That's epic, man. It is. That's, Wow. All right, uh, let's get on to some of your emails. We've got three that we want to uh, we want to read to you guys. Uh, Zephan, we haven't Zephin. yeah we haven't heard from you in a while. Would you <laughs> mind reading from General Ironbeak? In an order, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, hey guys, Ironbeak here, and I have a couple big emails, so I'll space them out over several weeks. Uh, for the first email, I had an idea to get more people in ESO and improve it. How about Zoss make something similar to Moon Path to Elsewhere every month or two? It would basically be a linear story that would feel like an epic adventure that would leave you satisfied when you're done. This would combine the stories of the Elder Scrolls while being fairly easy to make. It could attract people if they hired a decently well-known author or two to write up the storylines for the next year or so of this. Now, in order to get money from this, they would uh, they could have a neat award unlocked in the crown store. One idea I had is to move uh, is a move for all classes called the Sands of Time. Basically, it generates a huge sandstorm in a local area and is an AOE attack. This wouldn't be very damaging, but it's big, flashy, and cool-looking, which is what people want. Adding stuff like this generates notice and can be fairly attractive to people. If you can get Game Informer or GameSpot to have an exclusive first peaks of each epic quest, it could get people back into the game, which means more coming in. From General Ironbeak. Um, you know, General Ironbeak, I think the the overall idea that you have here is is pretty much very similar to what we're seeing as from DLC, and certainly uh, the way they're approaching Orsinium. Um. I think the the timetable that you got here every month or two is is probably a little aggressive compared to what they'll be able to actually uh, release, um, and and with you know with quality in mind of of course, but um, you know essentially, I think also maybe like the idea that you which sounds to me more like you know adventure packs more than you know DLC um, is is necessarily not not that uh, not that bad of an idea. I think, you know, if you look at it from using established resources, like if you were to be able to go back, let's use AD for, you know, for sake of argument, go back into um, uh, Oradon, and instead of going back as a first or third level character, but go back as if it was gold content for your AD, so things get leveled back up, and have like a new little like fetch quest storyline, you know, using the the resources that are already built in. Um, that you know they could do it on the cheap that way. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Um, okay, this one comes from uh, Donna and Christopher Heath. Rob, hello, Ivarwin, Rob, Liz, Mike, and Mark, and Zephan. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> it's been some time since I've seen Mark's Morrowind classic Elder Scrolls. I've watched Bravel uh, or Bravel, however you pronounce it. Three times while awaiting your next episode and have listened to No News, Good Times twice. 
I know life is as chaotic for all of you as it is for me. My husband and I love watching your videos, and I listen to the podcasts at work. While we enjoy Warcraft OTR and Fallout OTR, you all are like dear friends, and we miss you. I hope all is well, and while you are out there in your daily life doing all the other things life demands, know how awesome you are and how much we look forward to seeing you when you hit the airwaves. Cyber hugs and kisses, Donna and Christopher Heath. Aww. Oh, thank you. Yay. Aww. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, you know, life got real crazy uh, last month, as it as it does. And, um, you know... Things kind of hit in ways that that uh, you know we can't we can't do a show. Um, so so you know sorry about that, but uh, you know it is what it is, as, as I like to say. And uh, here we are, um, able to to move forward with a uh, you know uh, with regularity that was missing last month. Uh, this comes Stop from committing s- crimes in New York. God. <laughs> <laughs> This comes from uh, Severed Ned, who says, uh, Greetings, ESOTR. After listening to your honest look at ESO with Tales of Tamriel and hearing the discussion on earning tokens from dungeons and on balancing the crown store, I began thinking about how Zoss could remedy these foibles. One thought I had was to implement a system similar to what Neverwinter has, where playing the daily quests, running dungeons, and participating in game events earns players a special currency. Uh, called Astral Diamonds, which then can be exchanged with other players for Zen, which is then which is their version of crowns. The Astral Diamond Exchange can fluctuate anywhere between 50, uh, 50 to 500 Astral Diamonds per piece of Zen, the specific point of which is completely determined by the player base. Although it must be admitted that Neverwinter is a free-to-play, not buy-to-play MMO. Thus, it has many of the usual trappings common to free-to-play cash shops, such as extra bag slots, lockbox keys, experience point boosters, faster mounts, race re-roll tokens, etc. Astral Diamonds, on the other hand, are far more, are far from useless being used similar to Telvar stones and needed to purchase things such as keys for special dungeons, chests, transmuting items, completing certain profession tasks, and upgrading top-tier gear. In my opinion, having the exchange means that the service in the cash shop doesn't feel like pay to win because someone can earn things from the cash shop without significant effort, simply by playing regularly or selling things in the auction house. And having the exchange rate controlled by players keeps it mostly fair. Just wondering what your thoughts are of ESO implementing a similar system. Severed Ned. Um, yeah, you know, at this point, I think we're, I think everyone here is on board with, uh, co- with us calling for a, some kind of a token system in the game. Uh, this, this sounds interesting. Um, you know, of course, I'm sure someone far more intelligent than myself would probably be able to nitpick the reasons why it's great or a bad idea for Elder Scrolls Online in particular. But just generally speaking, a a, a token system for this game is, I think, uh, a good idea. All right. Uh, that is it. That is the end of our show, guys. Everyone have a good time. 
Certainly yeah. did. Yeah. Absolutely. It's uh it's twenty to one here, and I think it's <laughs> quite uh quite time to to find the end of our of our evening. So <laughs> Uh, big thank you to, to our hosts. Uh, thank you to Zephan for, for coming out. Um, we appreciate you guys, uh, being here. And of course to our, our chat room, uh, you can get these shows on iTunes, the Stitcher radio app available on Android and all mobile devices, uh, questgamingnetwork.com And of course on YouTube, youtube.com slash quest gaming network. You can find us on our website, questgamingnetwork.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash quest gaming network. And if you'd like to tweet at us, you can at elder scrolls, O T R. And certainly you can catch up with all of our shows on YouTube. Again, youtube.com slash quest gaming network. And speaking of our next episode, that'll be on October 17th, Saturday at 10 PM. Eastern. Our next episode of classic is going to be uh, Sunday, the 18th, at 9 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to be uh, in Daggerfall. Yep, as I said at the last classic, you know, we're going to be doing Elder Scrolls 2 Daggerfall, so that means when we go to ESO in four or five episodes, make sure you have a Daggerfall character ready to traipse around with us. Oh, yes. Oh, and yes. I promise we won't shoot, shoot Bagheera off the cliff this time. <laughs> Maybe. 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 <laughs> Uh, and of course, dancing, dancing with daggers. Friday nights, ten thirty p.m. Eastern. Um, if you are looking to support us in uh, in any way, shape, or form, uh, may we recommend uh, a couple of ways in which to do so? Uh, number one, of course, uh, financially speaking, you can support us on Patreon. Please take a look at a lot of the uh, rewards that we have there. Uh, Liz's uh, parodies is part of our reward system. You'd be very surprised at how inexpensive it is to, to patron us over, um, over Patreon as well as uh, PayPal. That's, that's another way of doing it too. Uh, but of course, please more importantly, uh, social media, subscribing to us on YouTube, sharing us everywhere you possibly can five-star review on iTunes, just sending us an email or registering on our site, play our games, Join in on TeamSpeak um, for Patreon. Hey, you know what? At the at the very bottom tier, just by patron, uh, just being our patron for three dollars a month, you can add your. We'll add your name to our brand new Dovahkiin wall on QuestGamingNetwork.com. We'll give you a shout out on the show, of course, and you get the full MP3 collection of parodies on our Google Drive that will be updated. The rewards from there go on and on. Um, so it's it's uh it's uh it's it's pretty good. I think we got a good system. Of course, uh we can always we can always change things up, but for now, I think the system we have is pretty decent. Anyway, I like this plan. <laughs> I'm excited to be a part of it. <laughs> there you go. Final <laughs> thoughts. Let's start with Liz. Uh bye. That's it. That's your final thought. We just we talked <laughs> about Orsinium and like that's what? it. Like my final thought is I'm piecing out of here. <laughs> Peace out and parkour. And Rob, I'm actually very excited for Arsenium. It's uh, it is more Skyrim than Skyrim. Yeah, about that. Yeah, about it's that. It's beautiful. And Mike, uh, have a good night, everybody. Uh, I'm excited about November second for uh, Arsenium to come out, and 
you know, hoping to get some playtime in this week. Yeah, me too. Uh, Zephin, thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, you're a great guest. Uh, a lot, I really appreciate a lot of your, uh, your information and, uh, some of the things that you've said. Um, your final thoughts, good sir. Well, I want to thank you and Rob, Mike, and Liz for allowing me to be on the show uh, tonight. It's been fantastic fun. Thank you to everybody in the chat room. You guys have been very supportive and uh, wonderful tonight. Um, and very excited for Orsinium. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Orsinium, uh, all told with uh, Imperial City and Orsinium, um, it's, uh, the game is... Uh, it's, it's getting a nice, nice, uh, hefty update these these last uh, couple of weeks and going forward. So, uh, all told, it's going to be quite exciting to to be able to uh, to dive into. So, I'm very excited for it. With that, uh, our chat room. Thank you so much for for joining us live. Uh, very appreciated. And uh, to our YouTube watchers, thank you so much. Please subscribe if you have not already. And our podcast listeners, again, thank you for listening to us, downloading us, and sharing us all through the interwebs. Have a great night, everyone. Take care, be safe, and as always, may the force be with you.